Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we come to you for another film recap episode. I'm very excited for this one. I've loved this movie for a very, very, very long time. Uh, it is a story about a man who isn't quite what he seems to be. He is a boy that ages quickly. It stars Robin Williams. It's an (laughs) underrated gem. It's got Bill Cosby in it, but we can forgive that. Fran Dresser, (laughs) it's Jack... Oh, hang on. Shit. Oh, Jack Frost went... Oh, shit. Well, that's still good. Martin Short, right? Tim Allen? Possibly. Oh, no, wait. Stop. Stop. Start again. We're doing this one. Uh, It's not even the horror movie from a year before. Uh, We are doing the... (laughs) 1998 version of Jack Frost starring Michael Keaton. Keaton, um, Michael Keaton. Keaton. The English guy from The Full Monty, which I realise is dumb to say because they're all English in The Full Monty. (laughs) I'll revisit that one later, Ben. And John Travolta's wife. May she rest in peace. Um, This movie is a movie. Um, My name is Ben. And I'm the man. No, I'm the snowman. <laughs> and my name is Colin and Jack Frost nipping at your hose. <laughs> I wish I had seen that version. Um, <laughs> wow. I've, I'd never seen this movie. I, I had never watched this movie in my life. I think I'd maybe heard about it. I'd seen a couple of clips that appeared on some top 10 watch mojo things I've watched. Mallory apparently loved this movie. Apparently didn't have time to watch it with me, though, so okay. Um, And I'm just going to come out and say it right now. Um, What did we just watch, Colin? This movie's crap. Uh, (laughs) I like this movie. Oh, no. This has got to be one of those episodes. Um, Like, this this movie is just... It's it's odd. It has maybe the scariest-looking snowman I've ever seen. Um, I swear Michael Keaton shows up for five minutes and then just phones in the rest of the performance. Um, The kid in this movie is a kid who I have a massive gripe against because he basically plays one of the worst characters in the worst episode of Third Watch. Well, actually, it ended up being the second worst episode. We did rate another one below that one. But, like, I realised who this kid was halfway through this film and it made me dislike it even more. Um, (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Uh, It's trying to make me cry and it just makes me cry in pain and cringe. This is just like a a Hallmark holiday special on TV, the way it's edited. Yeah. Um, For a a movie that has such a high budget that looks so crap. Um, Wow, this movie is bad. (laughs) Um. I, I agree with everything you say, but I still like it. <laughs> Especially it's funny you mentioned the Hallmark thing, because Jamie and I have been watching a lot of Hallmark movies lately. Well, they filmed in Victoria. Uh, We've noted that so many Hallmark things are filmed in Victoria. We've had like three well, filmed in the last few it's months. It's funny here. you say that, because Winnipeg is like Hallmark capital as well. I think in 2019, uh, there were nine Hallmark movies that filmed in Winnipeg. Wow. Most of them Christmas movies. And every time Jamie and I watch one of those, I'll look up to see, oh, is this one filmed in Winnipeg? If it's not in Winnipeg, it's usually Victoria. So, mm. yeah, we're we're in the Hallmark capitals of the world here. Oh, can't wait to we appear but, in one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did uh, uh, I did have some fun, though, this year coming up with a podcast idea with Jamie while watching these because we just watched those Hallmark movies and we'll mock it. Well, if you ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000 where they're just sitting there watching it 
making up their own dialogue and everything. That's why we do these Hallmark movies. I'm like, oh, that would be a fun idea. But uh, no, this is very Hallmark-like. It just has a talking snowman in it. Uh, the effects do look creepy, uh, but that's part of the amusement in this movie. Uh, Michael Keaton is in this way longer than I thought he was when I actually looked at the timestamp, but it does feel like he shows up for five minutes and then, you know, it does the voice of <laughs> snowman that doesn't look like him, which a <laughs> little bit of trivia on that trivia that I actually will debunk because it's clearly not true. Um, and it's very bipolar. It, it's trying to be a heartfelt movie. And I actually think it does well with a lot of that. And then it tries to be this, you know, kids movie, this dumb kids movie, which those are fine. And it does okay with that, but the two things don't really mix well together, but I still kind of enjoy this. And uh, funny, my history with this movie is I, I didn't see it when it first came out because I thought it looked stupid. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, I remember around a year later when this had come out on video, uh, there was a uh, family friends we had that, uh, uh, you know, my mom's best friend was the mom and my brother and I were really tight with the son and they had like one or two year old daughter and they had gotten her the Jack Frost movie to watch. And I remember sort of looking at it, little bits and pieces at that time and thinking, oh, this is stupid again, <laughs> uh, shadowing Ben's review of this. Uh, but I mean, I was also a teenager and probably too cool for, you know, Michael Keaton as a snowman. Uh, and it wasn't until I think two years ago where uh, it was on TV and Jamie said, oh, I love Jack Frost. Record that. I recorded it. I'm like, oh, that movie looks so stupid. And I actually really enjoyed it. And I, it wasn't just a one time thing because I watched it again now. And I'm like, I still enjoy it. But it is everything you said it is. It is a garbage movie that just happens to amuse me enough that, that I'm not opposed to watching this. It's kind of why you work with me. You're like, it's, it's a garbage podcast host, but it amuses yeah. me enough that I continue to work with him, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And working with me is all Ben has to live for now. <laughs> ah, Ben's out of the paid job again. Let's make fun of that. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't get a date. Ben can't keep a job or a fiance. That's ah. like 2021. Ben can't get a job. <laughs> Um, I'm just reading the, the, the synopsis here of the 1997 film Jack Frost. And tell me if this doesn't sound a lot more fun. Uh, it takes place in the fictional town of Snow Mountain, where a truck-carrying serial killer, Jack Frost, to his execution, crashes into a genetics truck. The genetic material causes Jack's body to mutate and fuse together with the snow on the ground. Jack is presumed dead and his body melts away. However, he comes back as a killer snowman and takes revenge on the man who finally caught him. Now, that sounds so much better. Can we have done that movie? Well, this will be next year. This will be our, our throwback to Bill Goldberg as a killer Santa. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm all for doing that one next year. It sounds is funny you mention it because... I don't think I heard of Jack Frost, the horror movie. Uh, and you can find on the Wikipedia page, you know, it says it, it it has a similar name to a movie that came out only one year prior to this. And uh, not that I was looking on this, but there was a torrent of this online of the 1990 Jack Frost. And the first comment was somebody who was very agitated that this was not the 1997 one. I thought, I think they even commented, like, I thought that sometimes they get the year wrong, like the year that it was released on DVD. <laughs> 
So it said 1998, and I thought, and then just a warning to everybody, this is not the 1997 Jack Frost. Um, I did not download it, by the way. I watched this legally. Yes. Anyways, What's the there was a sequel. <laughs> there, there was a sequel, Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowmans. Maybe oh, we do both of them next year. <laughs> sells itself. We should just do Horror Christmas next year, because I'm sure there's other ones out there. That oh, we, and we could throw Gremlins in there, you know, that that's yeah. close enough. Jurassic to World. and Christmas. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, um, I don't even remember this coming out as a kid. Like, I would have been 11, um, but maybe Australia did... Maybe we bypassed Jack Frost. There's just so many confusing aspects about this movie that, like, oh, ha, 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 this guy in real life is called Jack Frost, so he turns into a snowman. That's never even mentioned as, like, a joke, like a convenient thing. Like, okay, I think he has a passing comment, doesn't he, when he's a snowman? Like, oh, ha, ha, very funny. But, like, I would assume if he's... Like, in the Santa Claus... And I'm going to compare this a lot to the Santa Claus... Because I, I know the Santa Claus has many questionable things about, about like, how he becomes Santa and that. But I feel they explained it enough that you can kind of put your brain to the door. This, there's no explanation. It's like, oh, he's dead. Now he's a snowman. Okay. Sure. Um, but <laughs> it's, like, it's all about the harmonica. Whoa. That he told his son was magic. And then when the harmonica actually does bring him to life, he's like, wait, the harmonica did that? That was there, just a story. There was somebody in 1998 or 97, whenever this film was conceived, who wrote that down on paper and thought that was a logical explanation. Like, I'm looking at the writers here. Uh, Mark Stephen Johnson, Steve Bloom, Jonathan Roberts. There was, there was four writers of this movie. And Jeff Cesario. Like, how can... Like, if, there, if you had one writer of this movie, but you have four people? Like... I feel the rise of Skywalker makes more sense in this movie. And that movie was a hot mess. Um, we, uh, yeah, uh, Michael, I like Michael Keaton. Uh, I'm, I'm a Michael Keaton fan. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a Batman Michael Keaton fan. I, I think they're a tad overrated. Um, he was great in Spider-Man. Um, I'm sure he's one of the 38,000 people who have just been cast in the upcoming Spider-Man as well. I, I don't know if that's been Let me leave yet. out his Oscar-winning Birdman. I've actually never seen Birdman. Uh, oh, so we got at it. I, I can't. I'm just thinking of the Michael Keaton films I've actually seen, and maybe it's just Batman Multiplicity. I've never seen. I've never seen Multiplicity, but I like this. Is, he's an actor who I feel like I should have watched <laughs> more things. Michael Keaton month coming 2026. Um, yeah. Kelly Preston, uh, I, I forgot she died this year. That's actually quite sad. <laughs> Um, you know what? You know, funny story on that. We were what, recording died? an episode. Ah, let's have a funny story about the death of <laughs> Kelly Preston. Ah. John Travolta's a widow. <laughs> well, we know John Travolta's uh, no. gay, so we know that finally his beard is dead. <laughs> so that's good. Um, we were recording an episode. I don't even remember when it was. When did Kelly Preston die? Do you have her date of death somewhere? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's permanently tattooed on my mind because I. It's one of those where were you in history moments when Kelly Preston died. <laughs> Um, 9-11 Lincoln's assassination Kelly Preston's death Because somebody lived through all three of those things Um, July 12th, 2020 Rip Kelly Preston Whatever it was, whatever our month was in September We were recording an episode And in the middle of recording it Jamie sends me a story uh, And it was John Travolta's wife Kelly Preston dies of breast cancer and in the middle of recording the episode, I messaged Jamie back. I'm like, Jamie, this happened three months ago. She's like, what? Why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I didn't know you were a Kelly Preston fan. <laughs> well, no, nobody admits they're a Kelly Preston fan until she's dead. Um, uh, I'm actually looking here at a filmography. Um, we, we covered The Cat the Hat. But um, a random movie that she was in that I watched a lot as a kid, and I haven't thought about this movie in a long time, Space Camp. 
Oh uh, yeah, I love that. I just remember, that was one of these movies that I remember seeing in a video store, and I was like, I think I was really into space at that point, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool, and I used to watch it all the time. Uh, she was also in Jerry Maguire. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what a girl wants the Amanda Bynes. You know what? Coming soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm like a huge Kelly Preston fan. I mean, I'm probably more of a fan of her because she was married to John Travolta. Um, lucky woman. Jealous. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but i mean john travolta is my favorite yeah or at least you know around the time this movie came out would have been my favorite actor uh but there there was one or two movies that she made where i'm like she is absolutely brilliant why doesn't she do more and jerry Maguire is one of them like she has a small role in that movie but she is like a huge scene stealer the other one that she's not so much a scene stealer in but just was really good which is probably my favorite romantic comedy addicted to love with Matthew Broderick and Meg oh, Ryan. I remember that movie. Yeah. 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 Love that movie. So because of my love for addicted to love and because of her scene ceiling moments in Jerry Maguire, I mean, I, I'm not going to knock her in any way, but I'm, she's not like the world's most memorable actress. Had you not said it, I would have forgot she was in the cat in the hat. And we covered that not even two years ago. She, she, I mean, it's just like this movie. She's there. Like she doesn't really do a lot. I'm, I'm seeing here. She was in two episodes of Joey. Forgot about that. Um, Fat actress. <laughs> a lot like, of people forgot about Joey. <laughs> Kurt Kirstie Alley, star vehicle, fat actress that I remember watching like uh, all those years ago. Um, and also should mention three-time Golden Raspberry Award nominated actress. So good for her. Um, Rip Kelly Preston. Um, and also Mark Addy. The, uh, yeah. the the fat guy from the Full One Monty. Of, yeah, he, he was the British guy in the Full Monty, wasn't he? <laughs> I think so. I believe that's the guy. You you are a hundred percent correct. He was the British one in the Full Monty. Now this uh came out after the Full Monty, so was yeah, like a this, year later. Was this kind of like his foray into the U.S. movie scene, thinking that he was going to make it big with Jack Frost? Yeah, well, I mean, this was Full Monty was his first movie. Uh, and just looking, this is the only movie he made after it. So, yeah, this would have been Full Monty comes out, becomes a massive hit. And they say, let's get the British guy from the Full Monty for this British character in Jack Frost. Yeah, this because he didn't really even have anything else come out after that for even after Jack Frost for a couple of years until he did the the second Flintstones movie. <laughs> he played for he was John Goodman in that, basically. I, he was in... Um, <laughs> Oh, Mallory and I watched Tale. that. A Knight's Tale. I did not like that movie. Yeah, yeah not very I good. love A Knight's Tale. Eh, Mallory talked it up and then I was kind of like, eh. Um, then went on to be in The Time Machine. That was, um, what's his face, wasn't it? Oh, Guy, yeah. Um, Guy Pierce. Thank you. Um, and then went on to such esteemed roles as playing uh, Clyde the Horse in Mary Poppins Returns. So good for him. Clearly, um, he was in Game of Thrones. There you go. Good yeah, to see that he was I've the never first season Game King. of Thrones. So <laughs> that's what uh, he's most well known for now. I like him. I, he's always the fat guy from the Full Monty who wraps himself <laughs> up in like cling film to me. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and and so the kid, uh, Joseph Cross. Now, I looked him up, and he had one of those faces. I'm like, who is this kid? Like, I know him. He's um, one of those faces you want to punch. Well, well, he is because like I thought he was. Um, oh, the guy who. Was a first. He kind of got a face like the guy who was Jimmy Olsen in Smallville. Then he kind of looked like oh, the Ash- guy who was in uh, Animorphs, who then went into be the, with the following with Kevin Bacon. Um, like they've all got a similar look to them. And he was also in the X X Men movies. That guy I'm talking about. 
Um, yeah, well, they're twins, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, are they? And okay, Ice right. Man. So there you go. They're, that's why they look the same. Um, but then, so if anybody listened to this our third watch. This is the triplet. Yes. <laughs> if anybody listened to our third watch coverage, and thanks to the both of you who did, um, I ragged on the season four episode called Snowblind. And without going into the backstory of everything, it basically revolved around the daughter of a main character who got in a drug overdose and was stuck in a car as it got buried by snow. A terrible episode. And she was in a drug overdose because her boyfriend gave her, like, a pill. And he played the boyfriend, a guy called Eric, who just, we spent two episodes bagging the shit out of because he's just a little snot little shit who you want to punch the fucking shit out of. Um, and this movie, he's not too bad. Like, as, like, a, I don't know, like a 10-year-old or something like in this movie, he's actually tolerable. I'll give him that. But I have to point out one thing. Why are all kids in kids' movies in the 90s called Charlie. Yeah. Santa Claus. I, you mentioned Mighty one, Ducks, yeah, Santa Claus. Uh, this movie, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, Chocolate one in the Factory. 90s, but, like, there's at least, like, what is it with kids being called Charlie? It's, like, and it's not a popular name in the no, 90s. No. I knew a kid called Charlie, actually, admittedly, in the 90s. Um, but, <laughs> it wasn't like his real hockey. name. He just, because of the fad of Charlie's, he decided to change it. Yeah, like, I just, I don't get it. Like, it, you know, I just, it seems to be a thing. Like, everyone's called Charlie. So, um, and anything else about this? Uh, the Who's this director? I didn't even look this up. Troy Miller. Uh, the esteemed oh, Troy good Miller. good old Troy Miller. I'm um, just looking here. Directed a lot of TV. Um, his feature films. Oh, well, okay. Let's, let's go through them, shall we, Colin? Jack Frost, his first film. <laughs> the Announcement. Don't know what that is. Run, Ronnie, Run. Don't know what that is. And the esteemed, the iconic, the amazing Dumb and Dumberer When Harry Met Lloyd. A movie so oh. bad that even me, as a massive Dumb and Dumber fan, has still refused to watch Yeah. Uh, after all these years. And then he went on to direct Kathy Griffin, A Hell of a Story, in 2019. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Directed a lot of MTV Movie Awards. Uh, I think he directed... <laughs> he did a lot of Arrested Development. That's something. At least his career rebounded with that. He he edited the Academy Awards. He um, did Flight of the Concords. Good for him. That was good. Um, but Jesus. Um, good for Troy Miller, I guess. Are you familiar with him at all before this? Uh, no. I mean, I... I just clicked on the exact same link you did <laughs> and when i saw the dumb and dumber i had the exact same thought you said a movie so bad that even as a huge dumb and dumber fan i refuse to watch it so maybe it was brilliant i don't know and i also just want to say we're not talking about the troy miller character in neighbors played by the esteemed australian actor dita brummer who of course is best well known for his latest appearance in court for drug possession so um good good for jack miller the esteemed name here uh let's get into this you, movie shall you we? also hold on oh you can't you can't you, you're burying the most interesting casting in this movie here uh-oh henry rollins in a kid's movie playing the hockey henry coach rollins? like i know this you don't guy, know henry rollins like i know okay, him, but so i don't he was a singer of a very very raunchy band in like the 80s called black flag uh and then he had his own band called the rollins band in the 90s uh <laughs> I'll say, just feel free to Google one video with Henry Rollins and you will get the joke of him being the hockey coach in a kid's movie. It's okay. pretty crazy. Right. Um, I, I'm looking here and I have no clue who he is. Um, like, I, like he's got a face so that I've seen. Like, I'm like, who is this guy? 
Um, he's done acting too. So, I mean, he's primarily known as a singer, but you, you can see his filmography. He's done lots of small roles. Movies. Bad Boys too. That's the other one I was thinking of. He had a more major role in. You should also mention that uh, basically every member of the uh, Zappa family is in this movie as well, Frank Zappa, um, <laughs> including the esteemed Moon Unit Zappa. If you ever want a name <laughs> to call your child, Moon Unit is up there with Apple um, and North and um, Casper <laughs> as weird names ben. that you probably shouldn't call your kids. <laughs> okay, let's get into this crap. Um so, um, Michael Keaton's in a band. It's called like the Jack Frost. Jack Frost band. The Jack Frost band. Now, is this Michael Keaton singing? Is Michael Keaton actually a singer? I, you know, it must be because one of the trivia things I read on this is that he wrote songs for this movie. I'm guessing the ones that the band performs. He's singing a song like about Christmas. Now, like, okay, this is a Christmas movie, but like the Grinch was Christmassy. It had a Christmas feel to it. <laughs> Like, most movies that are Christmas movies have a Christmas feel to it. I get it. It's about a snowman. It's in Christmas. And it's like, oh, let's go to a cabin for Christmas. But, like, do you... Like, correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't get a Christmas vibe from this movie. Like, I feel like this doesn't need to be a Christmas movie. I, see, that's that's one of the tough things that a lot of Christmas movies are like. And we had this discussion about White Christmas where you said it's not a Christmas movie. Not a movie. Christmas movie. I, ha- I had big <laughs> arguments for that. Uh, but I think that's part of the problem is that you have these movies that are so distinctly a- about Christmas Eve or mm-hmm. presents or everything you associate it with that when you get movies like this where it sort of has its own plot and Christmas is the backdrop, they feel like they're not Christmas movies. But again, I'll say exactly what I said in the White Christmas episode. It's a Wonderful Life is considered to be the quintessential Christmas movie ever made. And 75% of that movie takes place in the summer. So, I, and the, the final stuff that takes place at Christmas has nothing to do with Christmas. It just happens to be on Christmas. So I would still consider, I, I thought it was Christmassy enough. The kids are on Christmas break. They're putting up Christmas lights. It's more of a Christmas movie than White Christmas. Absolutely. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, but it's, I don't know. There was just something about it that I didn't walk away going like, oh, that's so Christmassy. Like, yeah, uh, it's, I don't know. And this is, but again, you know, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So what can I say? Um, <laughs> yeah. So again, this goes into what I was talking about before, about how I never feel like they kind of play up to this. Oh, ha, ha, ha. You're called Jack Frost. Like my point I was trying to make with Santa Claus is that he's Scott Calvin. So his initials are SC. So that mm-hmm. kind of like plays a huge role in that movie. Whereas this, it's like, he's in a band called the Jack Frost band. They're singing about Christmas. Like, like there should be something like throwing a couple of jokes about like, Oh, your parents must've hated you to call you Jack Frost. Like it's kind of, I just feel like it just, it's just left there. And you meant to, and this is what a lot of this movie is. It's just kind of left there and you're meant to accept it. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know if I've been doing this show for too long that I can't just accept it. I don't know if I'm not 11 years old when this movie came out, so I just can't accept it. Um, I, I I don't know. It's just it's just it's odd. But can I kind of say Michael Keaton, decent singer. So yeah, yeah. I I I would go watch this. This was pretty entertaining. He kisses the English guy from the Full Monty. Um, you've got one guy there who's all like, listen to this. He's the Marvin Berry of this movie. It's your cousin, yeah. Marvin. You know that sound you've been looking for? <laughs> listen to this. Um, 
so like basically the plot here is that he's been toiling away on the road forever and waiting to get signed because this is the 90s he can't just post a video on youtube and get discovered he can't post a 10 second video on tiktok in his underwear and get paid 20 million dollars for it just want to point out that colin and i maybe maybe colin's fine with it maybe i'm not bitter at all i'm not bitter at all that there are like 15 year olds out there dancing in their underwear on tiktok <laughs> and making more money for that than i have in my entire life not bitter at all just saying no no, no. and you know what especially considering before we recorded this episode, I was debating whether I wanted to put shorts on or not. And I'm like, do I just want to do this in my underwear? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe if I had, we would be billionaires right now. Maybe. Maybe we would sell a t-shirt. And if, if you uh, want to see us in our underwear, <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon coming soon. And maybe sign up to the 007 one because we're still waiting for one subscriber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be in our underwear in that. Um, so anyway, performing... Great. Um, this is this is set in Colorado. Can I just say, it took me. I'm thinking on this movie, like outside of South Park, outside of Dumb and Dumber, like I can't think of any movies and TV shows that are like ever set in Colorado. Like it's, it's like okay, I is, I can. Well, give me some. Colin, I want to know. Tim Tim Allen's show, The Last Man Standing. Oh, okay. Well, I've never watched it. I thought you were about to say um, Home Improvement, but that's in Michigan, right? Like it's a yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I did not know that about life. Isn't Last Man Standing doing some kind of like multiverse thing where fucking Tim yeah. Allen appears as oh. Tim the Tool Man? I'm so excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be uh, Mike Baxter, his character from Last Man Standing, meeting Tim Taylor, his character from Home Improvement. Also, just want to point out on the no- notion of Tim Allen, fuck you, Disney. Chris Pratt or Chris, whichever Chris <laughs> it is, is Chris Evans is not Buzz Lightyear. Like, fuck you. I'm sorry. I know this is, is that, an origin story, but I'm mad. I am mad. Yeah, it had better be live action too. Because oh. it's not like Tim Allen's voice changes. And yeah, like Tim exactly. Allen, I mean, he sold, he sold his soul to Disney. They own him. Yeah. He's only ever worked for Disney. Like, well, till he left for Fox for Last Man Standing. And maybe that's Disney the issue. Fox. So yeah, he still works go. for Disney. Yeah. <laughs> It's come full circle. That's why Disney bought Fox because they were like, "No, we don't own Tim Allen anymore." Well, yeah, we, we got to get Tim Allen back. <laughs> but like, seriously, like, I don't, actually, I, I don't think it is live action. I think it's a Pixar animated oh. film. So I, I am, I am ropeable that you are that you are like. Thank you for bringing Hayden Christensen back. You, you are fantastic, House of Mouse. That is so thrilling. And also, I'm so glad that Rosario Dawson is getting her own show as uh, Ahsoka Tana because that's fantastic. I've seen it for five minutes on TV, but I'm hooked. <laughs> but but like you you bring back the Lion King in shit form. You're making a sequel to it, and <laughs> Tim Allen. Oh, guys, I just want to point out, Colin, your uh, nephew, very uh, exuberant on Instagram during the week. I think I got about eighty messages from him in the space of five minutes. Oh yeah, he he sent the same ones to me. <laughs> just pointing it out. Thank you for that. <laughs> Always fun to receive 80 notifications on your phone in the space. Of- Did any of them fall with, are you going to do an episode on this? <laughs> I like I, I actually like I enjoy talking to him because he'll he'll message me randomly and like oh did you like me threatening death against James Cameron and all this <laughs> kind of stuff I'm like you know but then when I get like eighty in five minutes I'm just kind of like <laughs> I, I just say anything I was just sure. like it's pretty cool that's all I say <laughs> um you know he's he's no Chris Dixon like uh, <laughs> but you get to a point where you've kind of got to stand up and say like dude take a breath um. <laughs> Hello, Chris Dixon, if you're listening. I don't think he listens to have, these. Have you have you ever seen the Polar Express? Yes. I watched that last year. Okay. Enough. Yeah. Uh, we were just watching it last night. And um, 
there's a scene with uh, the, the know-it-all kid is what they call him in the movie with mm. the blonde kid with the glasses. Mm-hmm. And Casper was watching that. He immediately looks at it and goes, Patrick! I'm like, no, that's not your cousin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's um, that's a nice thing to say. Um, Polar Express is kind of just one of those mediocre, like it was fine. Oh, I love it. Uh, you love Casper it. Casper really loved it. Um, he'll, he'll podcast on that next year. Well, I thought Mallory was going to, but I just quit on Mallory too. She was like begging me, like she wanted to watch this last week. So can we watch this now? And I'm like, no, no, no. I just want to watch it in a week when I've got to take notes. Then on Friday, I'm like, can we watch this now? And I'm like, oh, I'm just not really in a note taking mood. Can we well, watch it tomorrow? So then she gets home from work within two seconds. Like her mother had invited herself over here and was making a presence known as she always does. And then she basically went out shopping with her mum. And then, like, got home at, like, 8. She had to work at, like, 3. So she's like, oh, I'm too tired. I'm not going to watch it. And I'm like, well, I have to watch it now. It's like, oh, it's okay. You just watch it. Like, we can watch it again tomorrow night. And I'm like, sure. Um, so I might have to watch this again tonight at the time of recording this. So yippee, in the words of a great man. Um, <laughs> fuck, we're barely doing this movie. So Michael Keaton's performing. We're in Denver. No, we're not. Well, he's in Denver. They're in some other town in Colorado. Um, we meet our star of the movie, little shit kid. Um, again, who's not that bad? Uh, what's his name? Charlie. What's his name? Charlie. I just complained Charlie. about what his name was before. <laughs> They're all Charlie. <laughs> I was about to call him Eric from Third Watch, but um, Charlie gets into a snow fight. We meet the antagonist of this movie, a bully, because you need one. I, I Actually, I'm going to correct that. The antagonist of this movie is warm weather, basically. Yeah, exactly. We, without it, our father would still be alive. Um, so we kind of get this interesting sequence of like, let's have a war story i actually like at this point i'm kind of like oh, this is kind of cute like okay it's kind of fun um we get a random shot of a purple dinosaur. was that meant to be barney like that random <laughs> dinosaur that goes like eh, when it gets like hit with this I, did you notice that i missed that oh, clearly i was looking out for certain things <laughs> um but this is meant to teach us that charlie's a good kid because he's going to save like two-year-olds from the seventh grade bullies and some blonde little girl is like oh charlie um cool uh, so Charlie rushes home. Dad's not there because we've got to have the cliche of deadbeat dad. And I'm going to say this right <laughs> now. Michael Keaton is not a deadbeat dad in this movie. No, he's just a busy dad. He's, he's a, a great dad. He's actually a really good dad. Like, again, let's look at the Santa Claus. Okay. So Scott Calvin, he's late. Okay. That's where he's bad. Um, you know, he's a douche to Neil uh, and he kind of, we at least get a relationship with Charlie in that movie who maybe isn't too keen on his dad because the whole, like, come pick me up in the morning. So, like, that is a movie, again, that doesn't necessarily go overboard with explaining it, but it has enough there where you're kind of on board with the Scott Calvin story of being a bit of a deadbeat dad, but then... Especially when he kidnaps his own kid. Yeah, exactly. And, like, (laughs) I mean, for the large portion of that movie, we argued a lot when we did the Santa Claus that, like, is really what he's doing worthy of getting a child taken away from him? Not really. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're right, he kidnaps his kid. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he bags out Neil for wearing sweaters, which can I just say, Mallory, the other week when we saw Santa Claus in the cinemas, kept saying how terrible his sweaters were. So clearly, you know. <laughs> but in this movie, Jack Frost, Michael Keaton, he's he's a he's a solid band member who's been working his ass off for years. And as Colin and I know, working in the arts is tough. You've got to keep putting in long, countless hours. <laughs> For no reward and hope that one day you'll get your big break, right? We, we, we are understand. working in the arts right now. We are in the arts <laughs> industry, okay? We understand. 
So, but he comes home. He's not late. It's basically like, oh, he'll be coming home tonight. He comes home to his family. He's loving to his child. He's like, let's go outside and play in the snow and build a snowman together. Let's go and fuck my wife because she's hot. Um, <laughs> let's hang out because we're a family unit. And then basically he has this conversation because, like, his kid's a big hockey fan. So he basically, like, he says to his kid, like, you want to be Wayne Gretzky. You've got a dream. I've got a dream that I'm going to be in a band. To connect with his kid. Great connection. His kid, kid should understand. The kid's stupid. If later on he's going to have a sook, <laughs> the dad can't come to the cabin for the weekend. Like, if you want to play up the deadbeat dad angle, like, again, make it out that, like, this he's never there. Like, Scott Calvin, he's always working. Don't give him a cool well, job where you under, you kind of relate with him, that it's a hardworking job to make it. Like, again, let's plus, give that a jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a massively bad dad, deadbeat dad because he's constantly working. You're my favourite customer. Like, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, he's never there for his kid. So, but like, they don't do more anything with Michael Keaton in this movie. More importantly, when he gets the call that, hey, they're going to sign you. You just have to come play a gig on Christmas Day. He says no. His wife says yes. And then he's like, okay, how is there a way that I can make both of this work? It wasn't like he was saying, you know what? I got to go, guys. He's like, no, I'm still going to find a way to be there. Like, like, yeah, he's he's the nicest guy ever. Like, as far as, like, deadbeat dads in Christmas movies, he's the nicest deadbeat dad we've ever seen. And he dies being a nice dad to drive yeah, to exactly. his son. Like, <laughs> there is nothing bad about this man. Like, it is, it is absolutely <laughs> terrible the way they try and pull this off. His kid is the worst. I'm going back. He's like, the character's okay. It's fine. He's not an annoying kid. But in terms of just overall character, this kid kills his dad. Let's be honest. He basically kills his dad. <laughs> he guilt trips him into a car accident. He does. Um, we get this, the one scene that supposedly explains why he's going to turn into a snowman. Like, I'm going to give you my harmonica, son. Um, it's a magical one. I'm going to like, but whenever you play it, you will, you will, I will hear it. But like, this is the problem. It's clear that this is a silly little joke. And like, it's even played off in that way when kind of like he plays it as he leaves the room and he's all like, oh, testing it. Right. Like. Can we not have some sort of explanation where, like, there's a flashback or something where it's like, I got given to this by a gypsy or I don't know, like, just something yeah. silly and kiddie, right? That, like, again, I get it. Santa Claus doesn't go into, like, there's so many questions around some Tim Allen becoming Santa Claus. Like, do you just kill Santa and you become Santa? Like, why don't they care that the other Santa said? I get it. But at least in that, you get the scene when he pulls a card out of his suit and it says, mm-hmm. put on the suit, the reindeer will know what to do. And then you get Bernard explaining, you read the clause, you're Santa. That's all you need. This, it's I'm literally a, I, a, a joke that he's, oh, it's magic, haha. And it turns out to be magic. Like, what? How about a 30-second scene? It's amazing. I was thinking about this myself. How many movies we've said, listen, you need 10 seconds mm. to fix all these issues with the movie, and nobody does it. 30-second scene to open this movie before you get to the title sequence where it's the day his son's being born and he walks into some music store and he's like, oh, my son was just born. This is a great day. I want to treat myself to a new harmonica. And he's like, hmm, I've got something special for you. He pulls it out from underneath and you see it shine a little bit. Yeah. That's all you need, a 30-second scene to open the movie. And it would have been a better opening too. Yeah, uh, movie tick from Last Action Hero. Uh, think about that. Like it's kind of briefly mm-hmm. explained. It's explained with I never know. Like apparently Houdini had this. 
Um, I was just thinking of Click, random movie, like like Christopher Walken, he's a magic remote. Like, it's kind of just like, that's all you need in one of these movies. I get it. The, the grand scheme of things, a magic harmonica that turns you into a, into fucking snowman <laughs> is a dumb premise. But, like, at the end of the day, all these movies we're just talking about, Click, Last Action Hero, they're dumb premises as well, but they at least go into explaining it slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it's just like, Ugh. Um, Also, clearly, I talk about this being in Denver and Colorado. You would never know with him being a Broncos and an Avalanche fan, would you? Like, yeah. everywhere you go. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say this right now. Please correct me if I'm wrong. The only form of media I think that exists in which the Colorado Avalanche are somebody's favorite team. Is there, is there something else out there that you can think of that I'm not thinking of? Like the, the only time you ever see the Avalanche in anything? Like, like, like I know you hate to love Guru, but like the, the Leafs are in that movie and the LA Kings yeah. and like you, you have... You'll, um, yeah, you know, Red Wings, you'll see... You'll, you'll yeah. see Red Wings and stuff. Yeah. No, no, I think you're right about that. But I mean, that's one of the little details I actually really liked about this movie because outside of the Leafs, my favorite team growing up was the Avalanche, uh, especially this era, the late 90s, early 2000s with Joe Sackick and everybody. Uh, so just to see that in a movie, I mean, even now, what, 20 something years later, I-, I got excited looking at this kid's room. I just want to point out that on a side tangent, because this is what we do, um, of all the retro reverse jerseys, um, I would be so tempted to buy the Avalanche one because I love that Nordiques jersey. Um, that oh. and the, is it Carolina's Hartford Whalers one, um, yeah. which is oh beautiful. Whereas my two teams have maybe two of the ugliest <laughs> bloody, the Anaheim's Ducks one. I saw that like there's a sports store here in Victoria that like had it in person. It looks even worse in person. And I'm a mad Calgary fan and I'm, I'm sick of all this love for Blasty. That horse is ugly. And can we stop making Blasty a thing? Now I know what your wedding present's going to be. <laughs> oh, great. I shouldn't have said anything. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, so deadbeat dad, not a deadbeat dad. We've got, you know, great English guy from Full Monty putting up lights and briefly flirting with Kelly Preston. Um, Charlie's a hockey player. He's like, dad, come to my game. And again, this is all, let's make the dad a deadbeat dad because he can't show up to a hockey game. Like, it's it's... Again, Jingle All The Way does it better when he can't go up to Anakin's um, karate thing, right? Like, again, it's just... And Jingle All The Way isn't generally conceived as a great film. I I fucking love Jingle All The Way. It's one of my favourite Christmas movies. And does it a hundred times better. Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, a better... I mean, both Batman people in the Batman Extended Universe, but uh, Mr. Freeze beats Batman any day of the week. Did I I tell you about um, mine and Jamie's talk about watching Jingle All The Way? The oh, other please tell uh, week. Me. Please tell me. Uh, so she's running through, okay, which Christmas movies are you going to watch this year? And I'm saying, oh, these are ones we're covering, and these are the ones I want to watch. And I add a jingle all the way in there. She goes, ah, that's not a very good movie. And I'm like, what? I'm like, Jamie, you're the one who begged me for years to buy this for you because of how much you love the movie. She goes, well, yeah, he's just really hot. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair enough. Phil Hartman. Uh- <laughs> yeah, ex- oh, all about Phil Hartman. Sinbad. Oh, what a man. <laughs> oh, little Anakin, little Annie. Uh- <laughs> Uh, seriously, can we just take a moment to acknowledge that Hayden Christensen's coming back to Star Wars? Like, we, we banged oh, on for all 50 hours about that last year. It's course and rough and we spent a whole year <laughs> talking about sand. The Obi-Wan reveal was done in sand, people. Like, the name Obi-Wan came out and said, Hayden Christensen, well, after not appearing in The Rise of Skywalker except for a cheap, lazy voice cameo, that's all we wanted, is coming back to Star Wars, people. It is the most exciting news I've heard in years. Like, probably the most exciting news since, uh, I don't know, they announced they were doing Star Wars stuff again, and then it was all downhill from there. Do you want to know how excited I was and that made my day? I was in 
a an underwear store buying Mallory underwear and bras, surrounded by <laughs> sexy lingerie, surrounded by just pictures and everything of women in underwear. And on my phone, <laughs> the thing I'm looking at is that Hayden Christensen, and that's when I message you, I message my friend John, yeah. and I'm more into Hayden Christensen coming back to Star Wars than I'm surrounded by beautiful lingerie and beautiful women. Well, and, and that was the first I heard about it too when you sent me the message. And my response was something like, I think I just peed myself. And your response is, I think I just did a little more. Now, the context <laughs> of where you were makes that story so much better. I probably would have been arrested because I thought I was doing something over something else. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's got nothing to do with what's around me. Hayden Christensen's coming back. Oh, that's okay. You're understandable. You're, you're free to go. <laughs> um, so this movie turns into a hockey movie because um the who are they the the devils are terrible they win like everything eight nothing i love how they make this so dramatic that basically it's like oh charlie might get to score this might make a difference they're fucking eight nothing down with five seconds to go like this is the game winner um fun little thing here i don't know if you noticed the goalie on this team did you recognize the goalie the son of the coach no so he uh, actually was in the Mighty Ducks in the very first one. He was Tommy, Tommy Shepard. Do you remember how, like, halfway through that movie they introduced the blonde figure skater and her brother, Tommy? Oh, yeah. Is he the brother? He's the brother. So wow. uh, maybe he's a real hockey player and he can act at the same time. So that <laughs> two hockey movies. Of course, he was only in, like, what, 10 minutes of the first Mighty Ducks movie and then forgotten about in the rest of the franchise. But, um, yeah, there you go. Nowadays, well, that's enough for criteria to make an Olympic team. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, very, very true, um, particularly the Australian Olympic team, apparently. Um, <laughs> also announced during the week, they've officially announced the Mighty Ducks show on Disney+, Plus, and they've given the premise for that. And can I just say the premise sounds a bit shit, but um, <laughs> Lauren Graham, I don't know how much I need to put up with fucking Mrs. Gilmore Girls. I can't stand her, but hopefully she'll be different. Gordon Bombay is coming back. Amelia Westbeth, that's all I need. That's I'll all that matters. It. But uh, did, you, did you read what the premise was of it? Yeah, and again, I was really holding out hope. I, I, I think we mentioned it uh, on an episode before uh, the um, the story that Emilio Estevez had come up with that mm. would have been quite dramatic. I actually was kind of hoping for that, but maybe they'll get there in a future season. Basically, for people wondering, I think it's it's turned out that the the, the Ducks are now like this massive you know championship franchise leading team in the area, and Lauren Graham like coaches like basically the new District Five and. You know, so basically the Ducks have become the Hawks and Lauren Graham's going to be coaching the Ducks. It's, it's. I mean, I know you haven't seen the show, but is it a complete ripoff of the Cobra Kai TV show where they said, we're going to take the villain dojo and the hero dojo and just kind of swap roles with them? And we, I think we talked about in our Free Jack episode that we hadn't really seen Emilio Estevez much and like what we had seen him, he mm-hmm. looks pretty good. But based on that photo they released him, the guy's looking fantastic. So he's, he's really aged very well. And gee, he's starting to look like his dad, isn't he? So... Um, anyway, can we cover that next? Can we like make a commitment? Oh, that, like, absolutely. Like, We're going to cover we all the movies and that. We, we don't really, um, we don't really, I guess, go into too much TV. Like we didn't do the Mandalorian. I'd like to do the Mandalorian one day, but, um, you know, I think kind of, this is one that I would be a hundred percent set on. I think we're going to be doing the same with Obi-Wan too, aren't we? We're like, doing like, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like, Oh, are we doing Obi-Wan? There's a fantasy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn, coarse and rough and not irritating at all. <laughs> mullet. Oh, no, we're about to cut out. <laughs> like the mullet. Mm. Um, but no, if we're doing the Mighty Ducks movies, you just made me get very excited. Um, <laughs> God, it's like the Jurassic Park movies all over again. I can't wait. Well, can we, well, can we commit right now? <laughs> Ben's getting excited. I mean, this is the laundry store all over again. <laughs> yes. 
I just, I just, I'm thinking you're doing the Mighty Ducks movies because it's just like, you know, a franchise. There's no that, way we're not doing them. Oh, and I can't wait to get into the third one because like, I feel like I'm yeah. the biggest defender of the third one of all of them. Like, oh, somebody, I love the third. There's a, there's a Ducks podcast that I follow on Twitter and they basically put up a thing saying like, you know, which is your favorite Mighty Ducks movie? And I'm like, well, the, the answer is the first one. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, but the third one needs more love. The third one's up there and nearly on par with the first one um, because I feel that gets forgotten about. It makes me cry, the third one. Um, there, and- there's a lot of people I know who watch the Mighty Ducks movies at, like late. They're like, oh, like once Disney Plus came out, I was like, oh, I watched the Mighty Ducks sequels. And I know multiple people who said, you know, I'd never seen the third one before, but it's actually really good. Like if anybody had given that a chance in the first place, yeah, could have been like considered a you know, live action sequel classic. And the second one, not to take, I'm not saying the second one's bad. The second one's good. The second one's fine. Um, it's, it's just a little goofy, but you know. Yeah, the, it's... the second one goes a bit silly, but like at the same time, like it's still a great movie. Um, so, oh, the Mighty Ducks movie. Fuck, we're still talking about Jack Frost, aren't we? So, <laughs> Jack um, Frost. <laughs> so Michael Keaton doesn't show up to his kid's game. Boo-hoo. Um, Kelly Preston's angry. Um, <laughs> she then forgives him. Um Let's. He makes it up with the whole deadbeat dad thing. Makes a promise that clearly he's not going to keep. Let's go to the cabin for a few days and let's do this and let's do that. Oh yay, dad, you're the best. I'm. I'm so glad that in this town in Colorado in 1998, that accommodation was so easily available at Christmas time. Like you know, I mean, nothing's ever booked out. Clearly, uh, it's just it's if you want to go to a nice winter cabin for a family at Christmas time, it's definitely available a day or before. locked, as we yeah. find out later in the movie. Exactly. Um, but oh no, he's getting his big break and he has to go perform a couple of songs in Aspen, uh, <laughs> California, beautiful, <laughs> dumb and dumber jokes. Um, <laughs> what was I thinking of yesterday? I went for a walk and it was cold and I was wearing gloves and like the gloves weren't making my hands warm. So I'm just thinking like, um, would you like my extra gloves? Extra gloves. You've had extra gloves this whole time. Yeah. We're in the Rockies. <laughs> We're in the Rockies. I'm going to kill you. What? I'm going to kill you. How <laughs> oh, we not that dumb and dumber? Uh, <laughs> I can we quote. are on our third Kelly Preston movie. I don't know if you realize that. And, and we have one done Jim one Jim Carrey. And it's not even yeah. one of the best ones. And we've done a Jeff. Oh, we've done Speed. We've done one Jeff Daniels movie. Um, oh, dumb and dumber. Why have we done it? Jesus. Um, that, mo- that episode will go for like six hours. I guarantee you it will yeah. go for six hours. Um... So deadbeat dad can't make it. But he's like, again, as you said before, he doesn't want to go. But then even then, like when his wife's like, oh, yeah. So he's like, oh, well, maybe I could go for like an hour and I'll still be back for Christmas. That's fine. But he's, little yeah, shit he's trying. Yeah, he's like legitimately trying. If you want us to make him like sympathize with Charlie here, like full on make him a jerk and say like, no, you don't understand. I'm going. This is final. Like make him mm-hmm. a jerk. He's being so nice and understanding. And then little shit Charlie, can't you have money get back? I don't want it anymore. <laughs> and storms off. Like Jesus, yeah. this kid deserves a little smack in the face. <laughs> so they're driving off and all of a sudden, basically, apparently this band doesn't want to make it famous anyway because every single person in the band is like, oh, I don't want to go anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Also slightly responsible for the death of Michael Keaton. Um, <laughs> and then so Michael Keaton drives back in English guy from Full Monty's deadbeat car that doesn't work with windscreen wipers. And you want to talk Hallmark movies. 
First of all, no wonder he's crashing. He's literally got his steering wheel doing the left, right, left, right motion on a like a fairly straight road. Cliche, I know, but come on, <laughs> you're in the snow, mate. Um, and then the way he crashes, it's literally like a <gasps> fades to black. Then we get this weird cut of Charlie looking out a window and then flash to one year later. Like it is so badly edited and just like cheesily terrible. Like I don't even know what to add to it. Maybe I'll cap it there because I feel like I can almost lump the last part. Like, yeah, it's, it's too. Like, <laughs> he this becomes is like, a snowman. He it's melts. half an hour into this movie, and like again, I I was spoiled. Mallory kind of told me like he dies at the beginning, but like I'm literally thinking he will die five minutes into this movie. Half an hour into this movie, a yeah. third of this movie is Michael Keaton being a quote deadbeat dad, and then he's dead. Boom, forgotten about. Year later, Charlie's still moping. So I'll leave it there. Um... Let's talk about Dumb and Dumber instead, I feel like. It's more, more entertaining. Uh, I actually want to address, uh, I don't know if you read this, a, a rumor that seems to have gone around forever that uh, I will immediately say is completely fake, uh, that this was supposed to be George Clooney starring in this movie and that George Clooney dropped out and they replaced him with Michael Keaton, which kind of the connection of Batman, maybe people came to that conclusion. Uh, but the story was that George Clooney dropped out so late that they didn't have time to change the animatronics to look like Michael Keaton. So the animatronics looks like George Clooney. This rumor is still all over the place. It's clearly completely false because this movie filmed a full year after Batman and Robin even came out, which would mean this filmed two years after George Clooney made Batman and Robin. No way George Clooney was ever attached to this movie. I think that this just happens to be a snowman that looks like George Clooney. I don't Doesn't think look that like George Clooney. <laughs> well, it's funny because I first heard that rumor and I looked at it I'm like, you know, I can kind of see that. Um, I think it looks more George Clooney like the Michael Keaton. You know, they, they give the eyebrows of Michael Keaton at certain moments of this. But yeah, I just think that people saw this and said, oh, that doesn't look like it's even supposed to be Michael Keaton. Well, it's a snowman. Who's <laughs> it supposed to look like? But clearly George Clooney had no association with this movie. And if he did, it is not the reason for the snowman looking this way. Because two years before this movie even filmed is when George Clooney did Batman and Robin. So no way that ever happened. Apparently Tim Allen was also attached to this yeah, there's, project. There's a, well, there's a lot of names that they threw out there. I'm like, well, I could see why they would do that, especially Tim Allen. You know, this this seems like something Tim Allen would do. Again, though, the, the rumor about that, it says, oh, he was filming the final season of Home Improvement. Again, a whole year before the final season of Home Improvement. So a, a lot of these are clearly just rumors that they, they heard a name associated and decided to come up with a story why they didn't do it. And also on that note, George Clooney connection to this movie as well. George Clooney had a connection to Kelly Preston. They dated in the 80s, apparently. Um, uh, you know what? So they also appeared in one of the other Kelly Preston movies we've covered on here from Dust Till Dawn, uh, where they go. didn't actually appear on screen together. She just talked about him. How have we done so many Kelly Preston movies? <laughs> we've done Battlefield Earth from Dust Till Dawn and this. And Cat Nat. <laughs> and Cat Nat. We've done four Kelly Prestons. And we've never done a Kevin Bacon And we've movie. never done Kelly Preston herself. This is just sad. Well, well neither did John we Travolta. Just... <laughs> Whoa. One one of these days, single man now. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's so funny. I've been thinking about that a lot lately since you mentioned, oh yeah, we only, uh, this is the first time we've ever done a Jim Carrey movie. And I started to look over some of these random actors like B.D. Wong. <laughs> we have done four B.D. Wong movies. <laughs> and again, no Kevin Bacon movies. Not a single, not even a small role. No. How have we not done um, a Kevin Bacon movie, Colin? What is wrong with us? Uh, the air up there, it's got to be coming soon. Have we done a Kiva Sutherland movie? Uh, well, he hasn't made that many movies, but you know, we've never done Stand By Me. Well, I would do Stand By Me. I would do Lost Boys. The Sentinel? 
Yeah, uh, Phone Booth, one of my favourite Phone movies, Booth, yeah, that would be a great I, Which one. I completely omitted from my top 50 of all time. I wish I had a th- remember that movie because I love Phone Booth. Um, so getting into uh, one of the oh, other yes. weird things about this movie. Jack Frost. <laughs> Jack Frost. <laughs> uh, a couple of things that I, I picked up on here. Which, these things, I will admit, one of these things, if it wasn't for the fact that we were covering it, I never would have drawn this conclusion. But the fact that the last day of school happens on the same day because both this year and when they flash forward to a year later, the last day of school happens and then there is the 23rd, the 24th, and the movie ends on the 25th, or the, the sequences end on the 25th, making the 22nd just across the board the last day of school. Uh, in 1997, if we're supposed to believe this is a year earlier, last day of school is on a Monday, 1998 a Tuesday. I don't know of any school that says we're going to bring you back for one day after the weekend and then give you Christmas break. Mm-hmm. So that's just a little thing that kind of bothered me in this movie that this is the same day every single year. Uh, the other thing is the radio station that they listen to. Okay. Now I get the idea of having a classic rock station. Okay. Um, but they have to explain why this classic rock station is going to be playing the nineties Jack Frost band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah they're like playing only music from the seventies and nineties. That's Not right. No sixties or eighties. Why? Yeah, but they don't like if you made that a joke where it was like, ha, 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 that's so funny. They don't even make a joke. This is supposed to be like a real radio station. Now you could say, okay, 60s and 80s music, very different sound. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 70s and 90s, obviously a little bit more raw. Uh, but what radio stations are going to be? We only play the 70s and the 90s. That's just a way for them to explain that Jack Frost is listening to a station that is going to be playing his music, but he only listens to classic rock. Now let's address the classic rock problem in this movie. Okay, so I get he's got kind of this this blues band or whatever. It's not modern music. This movie is based around his music career. And you have a station that says, we will only play classic rock, 70s and 90s. Let's look at the soundtrack for the Jack Frost movie. <laughs> Lisa Loeb, <laughs> Hanson, the Spice Girls. What, when do they come up with the idea of saying we're going to make a uh, you know, hard classic rock lead character and a radio station that only plays classic rock and fill the soundtrack with the Spice Girls yep. and Hanson, multiple Hanson songs. Yeah. It's just a weird soundtrack. It does, and, and if you look at some of the, they, they put classic rock songs in here too. They got Fleetwood Mac on there. They got Billy Idol. They got Lisa Loeb Hanson and Spice Girls. This doesn't seem like a real soundtrack to me. Yeah. It's, I didn't think about that. And, like, also, like, can we point out the whole, like, oh, we're going to play Jack Frost's band on here and don't don't ask us how we got the recording and it's, like, studio quality. <laughs> and also, like, the yeah. second thing, like, this constant notion of, oh, it's only about, it's only a matter of time until they get discovered. Like, you're on a radio station, mate. This is the 90s. The only way yeah. they're going to get discovered is if you play it. Like, we just did Airheads, which is about the whole thing of mm-hmm. the only way we can get discovered is playing on the radio. So you kind of have the power to essentially <laughs> discover these guys and you're just passing it off as, a, oh, well, maybe they will get discovered one day. Well, do something about it. <laughs> And they talk about it like, oh, there's everybody's favorite local band, the Jack Frost Band. Too bad nobody knows who they are. This must be the worst rated radio station in history because they not only play them, they apparently frequently play them enough that everybody who listens to the station knows it. And they're unsigned? Like, yeah, there's a problem with your station, buddy. I think I was going to, I think I'm eligible to get a job on this radio station. (laughs) Volunteer only. They won't pay you. Exactly. (laughs) How it works. 
Um, I, 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 I do like the, uh, the, the insults that the kids throw. I've always loved these movies where they just have like these really bizarre insults during the snowball fight, which first of all, I just want to say the snowball fight looks really cool. Like mm. I wish that I could let out of my school and there's a giant Valley, you know, of snow and it's just snowball fights throwing it at, you know, 50, 60 feet below the one bully kid who says, eat snow, you little wieners. <laughs> ah, the nineties. Oh, uh, I'm going to be saying that to the twins all winter a, now. Eat snow, you little time. wieners. What a I, I've been doing. I think I've been mentioning this lately. I've been uh, Jamie yells at me, but I've been throwing insults at the twins because I'm like, oh, they're they're not smart enough to know what you're saying. But I'll always be calling them, like, come here, you little rat. Come here, you snake. Get over here, you maggot. <laughs> and I'm doing it and like joking and playing with them, and they're laughing. Like that's the fun of it when they're babies is you can call them a little maggot, and you're like smiling, so they're like, ah. <laughs> it's, my, it's fun. My sister, You'll get there. my sister was one of those ones where it's like I couldn't say like a swear word in front of her children, right? So, like, if I said, like, shit or fuck, oh, don't say that. Like, the kid's, like, <laughs> six months old a year, right? Yet, go over to her house, and in the background, they're playing heavy metal, which is just full of, fuck that shit, motherfucker, <laughs> I'm tell you. And I'm just like, um, what? What's yeah. going on here? Where did they learn that word? Must have been Ben. <laughs> did you Did you have, like, I, I, this is coming from somebody who went to school with no snow, but, like, was this a thing where you would have snowball fights at, like, oh, recess yeah. and lunch? Yeah, yeah, like uh, I remember um, before we moved into Winnipeg, we lived in the metropolis, LaSalle, Manitoba. <laughs> uh, it wasn't just like snowball fights. You basically sectioned off the whole school. I mean, the entire school was, you know, probably 60 or 70 kids. So everybody played with everybody, you know, at, at recess and at lunchtime. And we built snow forts. And it was basically like gang warfare, you know? Hmm. Oh, we're going to form, we have six or seven people here. We're going to form this group. We'd give it a name and we'd build a snow fort. And then you just line up all your snowballs inside there. And then everybody would be in their forts, which are like, you know, 20 feet away, 30 feet away, ever. Yeah. And you're just like throwing snowballs into the forts. It was like a big war. That was probably the most fun we ever had. Can we make a promise to um, one day, maybe next time I'm out your way? Go to LaSalle, Manitoba and film like a piece yes. for the Oz Network and just like Absolutely. interview people. And also, well, we're going to go to Flim Flom. <laughs> we know that. But um, yeah. <laughs> I just I just want to go to LaSalle, Manitoba and, and learn about oh, this town. It's huge now. I mean, it's not even record. I've gone there a couple of times for work and it's like, I don't know, like 10 times the size. When we lived there, it was like tiny, tiny, tiny. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go to LaSalle. We'll, we'll make a day trip of it. It's probably only about 20 minutes from my house right now. And, and can we bring with us Eric LaSalle? <laughs> like, that would be completely awesome that we have guest host Eric LaSalle. Do you remember, um, I think it was before we were on Transistor, uh, where we had like the analytics where it shows where's everybody listening to, which by the way, right now, apparently 65% of our Canadian audience is from Saskatchewan. I, I didn't yes. get a chance to bring that up to you. I just we looked at it. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> the market. Finally, I mean, I mean, even with my nephew listening to every episode we have, nothing from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, sixty-five percent of the well, Canadian well, audience. Like Saskatchewan, we're also very flat and boring, and no one cares. Yeah. About us, so <laughs> it makes sense. Um, but where was I going with that? Uh, oh yeah, uh, well, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I don't even know if it was you. I think um, Noah might have had access to it at the time. Because I, I remember this conversation with Noah where he was looking and he saw, hey, did you know that we got something like 30 downloads of an episode from LaSalle, Manitoba? I'm like, what? <laughs> so we're popular in LaSalle. At least we were once upon a time. Um, 
where was I going with that? Snowball fight, uh, wieners. Um, oh, yeah, I, I wanted to tell another little story here. Yeah, you would be surprised when even at certain young ages, kids will pick up on things. Um, one time, it's not like I, I leave the door open, yeah, naked or whatever, but <laughs> our, our bathroom door, sometimes you forget to lock it and take a shower. One time, Casper runs in when I'm getting out of the shower. So Jamie runs in after him. He's like, Casper, no, daddy needs privacy. He points right at my crotch and goes, ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, where did he learn that from? I was like, Colin, you're always calling it. You're always like, oh, he just need me in my ball sack. <laughs> okay, so they'll learn things. <laughs> wow, we live different lives. If I have a kid do that and point it to me, I'm arrested. So um, <laughs> usually a cop hanging outside going, Ben, I've told you about this. Get back into jail. Sorry, officer. Oh, this will be a short episode. Uh, we're supposed to be on another episode in 10 minutes. Uh, uh, it's Rocky fine. They're never on time anyways. Yeah, Rocky's never on time. Uh, funny, people are listening to this in reverse order. We just uh, did time travel here. Anyways, yeah, funny radio station. Uh, now, when Jack Frost is coming back, the kid's getting home from school. So let's assume this is 3.30, 4 o'clock. And he's looking for his dad. No, 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 you know your dad's on his way back. He's not going to be back till late. It's a really long drive. He's in Denver. Now, the, the town that they live in, Medford, Colorado, apparently doesn't exist. But oh. just as an experiment here, I decided to see what the distance would be from Denver to a neighboring state. So this, this we're probably looking at twice the distance. The furthest place you could get from Denver in a neighboring state would be Jackson, Wyoming. So that's why I picked Wyoming. <laughs> it would be an eight-hour drive from Jackson, Wyoming to Denver. <laughs> Now, if they're in Colorado, there is no way this is any longer than a three to four hour drive. And he's getting home late. Like, man, he's got some girls on the side on the way home and she's just in <laughs> denial because there is no way that any wife should be buying. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a 14 hour drive, apparently, from Denver. I've been to Denver and I when I was there, I stayed actually in Colorado Springs, which is like an hour north or south, one direction from there. Um, but like. Denver, you know, it's it's not the biggest city in the world either. Like, it's it's not small, but, I mean, it's kind of, I feel like you would, yeah, it's, and I don't think Colorado is the biggest state and it's fairly, you know, connected. So, yeah. I'm actually, I was going to look up the, the distance from Aspen to Denver. I just was saying Ooh. Aspen um, is three hours and 29 minutes. And Aspen's, like, basically almost on the other side of the state. So, Yeah. <laughs> That's, I don't know where Medford is, but apparently it's in another state and they just don't realize they don't live in Colorado if it's taking that long to drive. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Jack Frost is a great dad. Uh, <laughs> there's really nothing wrong with him. I also noticed there's a, a little bit of a Batman reference in this movie outside of the great Colorado avalanche stuff. Uh, right next to Charlie's bed, he's got what looks like Superman wearing a Batman mask. I don't know if you saw that. I, I didn't, but I read the trivia. So yeah, so Michael Keaton must have insisted on throwing that in the movie. Um, it's weird that he's got. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's weird. He has Wayne Gretzky on his wall. Uh, every kid would have Wayne Gretzky. It doesn't matter who he plays for. But this kid has so much Colorado Avalanche stuff, and then a giant poster of Gretzky, and they say Gretzky's his hero. I would guess that would make him a Rangers fan in '98 and not an mm-hmm. Avalanche fan. Uh, so they could have picked Joe Sackick or somebody else who actually played for the Avalanche, but. You know, it's Gretzky, so I guess you know, people, freak people don't know who Joe's. The people don't even like. Let's be honest, people didn't know who the Colorado Avalanche were, so it's kind of. <laughs> I mean, they did in '98. They were like, you know, most dominant team. Was um, um, 
fuck, I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, the kid's like 11 or whatever, right? And like any kid at that yeah. age generally flip-flops between teams anyway. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, that, exactly. if they like Gretzky, you're right. He would be a Rangers fan and he would have been a, you know, any team that Gretzky paid, played for, he would have followed, right? That's what people do with LeBron James now, right? So, you know, that's that's what he would have done. I, I only liked the Chicago Bulls in the 90s because of Michael Jordan. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Still, they're still one of my two teams to this day. I'm not. I'm no bandwagoner. I didn't jump over to the Wizards just because he played a couple <laughs> of seasons for them. Um, but you know, I mean, I I could have jumped ship to the Clippers because of Kawhi. But you know, thanks Kawhi. I appreciate your one year with Toronto, by the way. Um, uh, kind of gross that he gives him a harmonica that's filled with his spit from the last <laughs> eleven years too. <laughs> Uh, that that's that's the one moment where it's like he's not such a good dad because he basically says hey did you bring me back something like a present and he goes oh yeah i got this here for you and, and he takes out his harmonica it's like what's this he's like oh this is my oldest harmonica like that's a dad who forgot to bring his son home a present and then he's like uh yeah here's a keychain just ignore the keys that are attached to it and, and what kid wants a harmonica like if my dad gave me a harmonica i would have been like um this isn't a game boy yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> This kid doesn't like music either. Like he just got through with a conversation with him saying, you know, oh, you love hockey. You know, that's your dream. My dream is to be a musician here. Why don't you have something from my dream kid? Yeah. Like, yeah. I bought you a Wayne Gretzky poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing that is weird about this is he goes to a secondary school, which I'm guessing is, you know, Let's say sixth grade. Woo! Somebody just somebody died, died in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's boyfriend Quiet. sneaking out. <laughs> Quiet down, you maggots! Um, <laughs> Quick, catch, but, uh, catch Jamie in the act. <laughs> He's sneaking out the window, Colin. You'll get him. John Travolta. What? <laughs> I'm down here, John. You've got the wrong person. I've got the penis. <laughs> um, it's supposed to be a secondary school, but like. Half the kids that come out of here are, I don't know, seven, eight years old. So I would think this is supposed to be like sixth grade through eighth grade if it's actually a secondary school. But maybe all the schools are next to each other and they just all let out at the same time. You pick yes. up so much on the schools here. Like, <laughs> to me, this is like, wow, snow at a school. This is cool. <laughs> Um, and well, the like, snow looks fake to me. Like maybe this is just a thing of I said American movie, but one of the few times where they're showing a climate that's very similar to Manitoba, I'm picking up on the fact that those snow banks are not real. Like, I, I funny enough, this nothing. This the snow looks real in this movie, but the snow banks are also perfectly formed. They almost look sculpted. I'm like, no, it is just giant. When they drive past the driveway when Charlie's shoveling coming up. And it just leaves these giant chunks of ice. That's what the the side of the road looks You've like. You've never seen Colorado snow, Colin. I was <laughs> I was there when it snowed and it was white and looked like all other snow. It's actually it's so it, funny. Like um, at the time of recording this, we're like sort of planning on um, we're we're going to be going to like the one ski resort in Van- on Vancouver Island for like a day. And so like I don't have any snow boots or clothes. We've got some snow boots. And then Mallory, like, we're in Costco and we're looking at, like, a snow jacket. And she's all, like, going, like, oh, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. And, like, I tried on this jacket. It fit me fine. That's too small. I'm like, what are you talking about too small? It fits me fine. You need a bigger size because you're going to wear, like, a, a jumper underneath it or a sweater. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, like I get too hot. Like, I, I do that at the, the arena sometime and at the hockey because it can get a bit cold in the rink. But I generally am a warm person. Oh, and she's, like, going on this rant. And I'm like, Mallory. I've been to snow before. Like I have, I have like, I know I'm Australian. I know you're Canadian, but are you Canadian? You live in Victoria. It never snows here. 
Um, you you brought the snow with you the first time you came to Winnipeg. I did. Like it's just it's it's like I actually kind of looked at me like okay fair enough because I'm like I like I've dressed for snow before. <laughs> I've spent like a day in the snow before. I am not that dumb. But I have yeah, snow you know, I now. know. I know Victoria weather. Like, you know snow better than she does, and you've never lived in a snow climate. <laughs> like, every person back home in Australia, oh, you're in Canada, it must be cold there, it must be snowing. I'm like, I'm in, like, the fucking Florida of of Canada. <laughs> like, you know, we, we talked about back in the summer about how Winnipeg was, like, the hottest place in Canada. Like, we were plus 30 for, like, four months straight. We just got our first real snowfall this morning before oh, we started jealous. recording this, and we're week and a half from christmas right now pissing down with rain outside this is just the pacific northwest this is our winter (laughs) it just it just it like i looked at the forecast for the next week every day is like eight degrees and rain it just rains the other thing the other thing that bothers me is in this movie they're constantly plowing the sidewalks like every time you look outside it's snowing i've shoveled twice this morning we probably have a couple centimeters of snow it's not that much i'm just trying to keep the sidewalk clear uh but i've shoveled a couple of times by the end of today the streets if once they plow everything it's going to be like disgusting and brown and everything because these plows don't just have a perfect plow and there's every time you plow you're also sanding the sidewalk you're throwing down ice melt so the snow that comes up on those snow banks should be almost black that's what winter looks like in a big snow climate so now, yeah. now you've said Movie. plow mr plow that man again. <laughs> plow my there, mom there, <laughs> that's charlie <laughs> i've told snowman. this many times i think on this podcast but there is a mr plow here in victoria which i i will oh, yeah, take a photo me. of it i i just i haven't seen it recently um but anyway um, one thing I wanted to mention is that the line it was part of my opening line where Michael Keaton inappropriate things in a kids movie too, where they're dressing a snowman and Charlie hands him the the thing. He says, "Oh, this is his nose," and he goes, "Okay," and he sticks it on his dick. And he goes, "Oh, I thought you meant hose." Like that made it into a kids movie. <laughs> Jesus, obviously, Miss, Mrs. Zeus wasn't watching this movie as well like last week. You know, just letting these jokes fly. We've got a boob yeah. reference coming soon. <laughs> Uh, I'm hearing Jamie right now telling Casper he's going to be in trouble for something. He must have said ball sack. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stop um, telling lies. Colin is your father. Now behave. <laughs> uh, really, the only thing I have to add, yeah, other than the fact that he is a very good dad, um, is the car accident you said, that the kind of weird freeze frame. It reminded me a lot of the end of The Man Who Haunted Himself with Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> a movie that did it better. Yeah, it's what just happened there. Uh, but then when they flash forward, which I know you're going to get to that in a second, nobody ages in this movie, despite mm. the fact they are kids. Everybody is the exact same age, no difference at all. Like, I think you could have tried something. Give them a different jacket at least. Like, <laughs> don't make it look like it's 12 hours later. Make it look like it's a year later. Well, I mean, he's only like 12, right? He's not going to grow a beard. Um, like, well, <laughs> you could change his hair. You could give him a different jacket. Like I said, you know, it was 98 kids didn't do stuff back then. They didn't have social media to basically influence their decisions. Colin. Um, I mean, have his voice change anything. His balls aren't going to drop at 12. Like <laughs> a snow thing. Your balls drop earlier. Hello, I'm Charlie. I've hit puberty all of a sudden. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the older kid you think would have gone a little bit more through puberty. You could have given him some sideburns or something. <laughs> Kids must age differently in North America. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm saying this because it's a secondary school, right? So if Charlie was 11 in the first year. He's 12 in the second year. This other kid's got to be 14 by now. 
What one thing he I will doesn't say, age. My one of my friends, uh, one of the few friends that I had uh, that also <laughs> went from. I thought that was meant as a joke, but it's good. <laughs> you know it's true. Um, <laughs> I went from primary school to high school. So his name was Trent, and basically on the last day of primary school, it's like bye Ben, see you in high school next year. And then I like day one of high school, he'd like fucking hit puberty that summer and he came back <laughs> hi ben it's great to see you in high school facial hair and like balls had dropped meanwhile here Sir. i am 33 waiting for my balls to drop get facial hair well i've got facial this is glued on let's be honest Makes me look old picture the simpsons episode where homer's singing uh oh holy night all on your knees <laughs> So why aren't we doing classic Simpsons episodes, right? Like, why oh. can't we do, you know, Simpsons, uh, the, the very first episode and all those kind of bits and pieces along those lines? Um, you mentioned Noah. Can't get a date and racist. <laughs> just just have to, you know, <laughs> joke that never gets old. Um, still still doing things. Yeah, uh, look, we're going so long in this movie. Let's just kind of fucking cap oh. it. Uh, cap the whole thing here. No, um, Go for ba- it. Basically, it's a year later. He's moping. He's sad. Um, it comes down to basically um, him just, yeah, still being sad because whatever. Um, he finds a pin that says a Jack Frost band on it and makes a snowman. Um, there's weird slow motion. We've got Fleetwood Mac playing. Cool. This is, this is the thing. Like, it's that you've got this playing to try and make us feel something. Like, Mallory said, like, oh, I watch this movie and I cry. Like, I'm watching this movie going, they're trying too hard to make this emotional to make you cry. Like, I like I feel like I should be feeling something here. Like, oh, no, this poor kid, it's a year since his dad died. But, like, because it's so sudden, because, like, you know, his dad is basically gone in a Hallmark black screen fade out, and then it's, like, one year later with no facial hair and pubes, I'm, like, I'm not meant to be feeling... I'm meant to be feeling sad, but, like, even Fleetwood Mac landslide can't make me shed a tear here right now. Um, and this then leads to him building the snowman, going in, playing a harmonica, because that apparently turns him into George Clooney, uh, I, I don't see it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't see George Clooney. Um, this is where, like, when I say Michael Keaton shows up, like, Michael Keaton just phones it in from this point on. I'm sorry. Like, Michael Keaton's not here at any point for the rest of this movie. He's just, he's Well, bored. he doesn't need to be. Well, He like, literally could phone it in. Has Michael Keaton done voice acting before? Have I missed something here? Toy like, Story? Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, not he before this. Toy Story. He was like, yeah. he was Ken, right? You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. He's really good in those movies. Even the fourth one. Um, but <laughs> here he's just like, you know, and just things just fall flat. Like, and I also, I don't understand this. So like, he's like terrified of this. Like, and everyone should be terrified of this snowman banging at you. And this thing's terrifying. This thing is going to give me nightmares. Like, I feel like the Jack Frost in the horror movie is going to be more pleasant to look at. Um, <laughs> So he locks in the entire house and basically the next day he just goes from, ah, to kill a snowman to I'm going to accept and go on a toboggan ride with him for like whatever. I'm like, oh, what? This makes no sense. And this is where we get like these cheesy moments of like, I'm, you're the man. No, you're the man. No, I'm the snowman. Like what the hell? Oh. And then the whole like boob section. And then basically he goes into accepting that this is his dad. Okay. I'm going to admit right now, I tuned out for the large part of the rest of this movie. I had to read the Wikipedia synopsis to understand what actually happened. <laughs> and this is fucking Jack Frost. It's got barely a plot. Um, 
but like this is where I have a problem too because like he just comes out of nowhere that this is a magical thing he turns into a snowman why a snowman like is this oh haha it's a joke I'm Jack Frost play into that more like have an overseeing being that you will play into your name I don't know something there and then like it's kind of like have something explained to Jack Frost where it's like Jack you must go and avenge your terrible relationship with your son you have 24 hours to make things right <laughs> like I don't know have something and then, then you yeah. will be a spirit and go into the afterworld nothing is explained he becomes a snowman he is just alive he can be really good at snow fights these kids the bullies don't seem to care that there's an alive snowman hanging out with a kid <laughs> Um, we get one scene with him scaring the hockey coach because lol. And then basically this goes into a, I don't even understand what they're meant to be doing here. So he's meant to be making up for being a bad dad. A, not a bad dad in the first place. He missed one hockey game. Get over it, kid. Um, so he shows up to a hockey game. Yay, Charlie's good because he taught him the fucking triple deep knuckle puck or whatever the hell it was. (laughs) Then basically it turns into let's run away to the cabin together um, and then, oh, look, Kelly Preston realizes that this is Michael Keaton. Oh, we're so in love. And then it's, oh, no, I'm melting. I'm melting. I better hurry up and go, son. And he turns into ghost Michael Keaton. And then that's all accepting. Um, I've basically covered the rest of the movie. But can I just point out that, like, this kid's dad is still dead. Just because you have, like, a moment of I can talk to my dead dad as a snowman and see him as a ghost, he's gone to heaven, they act like, oh, happy ending, he's not going to be sad anymore. (laughs) Christmas is going to come in 12 months' time. It's going to remind him of his dead dad. So (laughs) I can see this kid having terrible trauma because each year he's going to build a snowman and play the harmonica expecting him to come alive again so I can spend Christmas with daddy, but it's not going to happen. Like, explain this. Be like, this is The Santa Claus, Charlie waited 10 minutes before shaking the snow globe. Yeah, like... Like, come on, explain it. Like, it's just, it's just, this kid is fucked for the rest of his life. Like, I, I, I actually legitimately want a sequel to Jack Frost in 2021 <laughs> where we explain the, the rigors of a hard life that he's had and now his mum's dead too. Like, like, this is a psychological experiment into kids being tortured by terrifying looking snowmen that, like, whatever. Like, and this is a problem it just it like again it's a kids movie i know it doesn't need to make sense but like explain something for five seconds that just nothing makes sense that's the end i've had enough to say about this movie wow. is rubbish <laughs> that was the fastest i think you've ever i'd rather listen to you... hansen's first full album than this <laughs> and i like hansen um I, I i you actually didn't even miss that much but <laughs> let's I didn't see miss anything <laughs> um Okay, so uh, a couple of things here. Uh, one, when he becomes the snowman, this is the only moment where he has that recognition. Uh, or it's because of the pin, like you said, where he looks as, oh, is all this because my name is Jack Frost? Like you said, that's the only mention of it. He doesn't have a big reaction. He, there, there's kind of the thing where he's looking through the window and Charlie looks at him and Charlie screams. And then when Charlie moves, he sees the reflection of himself and he screams. That's kind of nice. But then it's just sort of, yeah, they're just over it. Uh, other than Charlie pushing the British guy from the full Monty in front of the door because British guys carry a lot of weight. <laughs> they can block doors. British guy from the full Monty. That's the, <laughs> that's the best joke all year. I'm saying it yeah. right now. 
that's the best out moment right there. Um, the uh, snowball fight thing that happens on the, the next time when he's out of school where Charlie just walks away. It is weird that the other kids are like, you know, uh, oh, are you going to go after him? Like one year ago, this bully said, I'm going to get you, Frost. A year later, like, oh, are you going to go after him? He's like, oh, his dad just died, but his time will come. His dad died a year ago. Like, are kids waiting a year to pick on somebody again because his dad died? With the way he, and he's meant to be a jerk, right? Because he says, like, oh, I never met my dad. And then you're going to, like, redeem him later on because of his connection? Like, make, well, see, like, that make I, him a prick. That, that I kind of like the the thing with him saying you didn't have a dad, you know, because it was something uh, – we talked about the cliches of the Grinch last week where it's like, oh, you got to have a love interest even though he is a green monster and she is a woman – uh, you have to have a villain, even though it's supposed to be a story about everybody being so pure except for the Grinch, and your lead character already is the villain. All those cheesy cliches, they avoided it in this one with the bully, which I kind of like. Uh, but um, the, the other thing with this bully, though, is that I would guess this would make him pick on him. I mean, maybe it is because he doesn't have a dad or whatever, but you know, my dad died when I was eight. It took no time at all before other kids would be like, your dad's dead, you know? And I wasn't like, you know, uh, uh, I wasn't a wiener like Charlie. I wasn't sulking around. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't like I was so devastated at eight years old where I, you know, that bothered me and I ran home crying or whatever. Uh, but yeah, kids were like that. And this kid is going to have, all the kids are going to have sympathy on him for a year. And plus he's going to be a mourning for a year. Like, ah, I don't, he barely saw his dad. Like, yes, Michael, the only thing that sells Michael Keaton being a bad dad is the fact that he's not a present dad. But Charlie loved him. But he knew he was never there. So it's not like he, he would forget his dad probably after a year. I don't know. Uh, one <laughs> other thing I kind of liked. You're right. Here. You're right. Like, what's different? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, dad, Kelly Preston doesn't even have to say he's dead. No, he's just, uh, he's coming back from Aspen. It's a really long drive. Kind of like from Denver, except longer. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about getting over things? Kelly Preston's moved on pretty quickly. Like, she should be the one who's devastated, <laughs> not fucking Charlie. Yeah, it, nothing really bothers her in this movie. Um, she's another thing that, John Travolta. That, she's happy. Oh, exactly. Uh, but another thing that kind sex. of uh, <laughs> sells that um, uh, Michael Keaton's not a bad dad, other than when he missed the hockey game, she kind of yelled at him. She's not upset with him. Even the next day, she's like, oh, you know what? I'm over it now. Like, she just immediately says, yeah, I'm over it. That He does nothing wrong in this movie. So I don't know what he needs to be redeemed for. They do. I, I, why I understand that you rush through this is because this almost goes from having a story if he becomes a snowman to nothing happens until he starts to melt. <laughs> they have him, what, hanging out with his son a little bit, getting in a snowball fight, which, by the way, that snowball fight's really weird because he does the arm spinning trick, which is cool, and the snowballs are just flying everywhere. But then he hits the ground. He says, oh, no, Charlie, we got to get out of here. I'm out of snow. How about move two inches to the left? You can walk. He, he can do a lot more than walk. Like he's so lazy. I'm out of snow. We got to get out of here. Uh, the big chase down the hill is actually kind of cool uh, for, I don't know, a snowman tobogganing down a hill. The fact that this comes down to the bully, though, being the only one who sees him and everybody else thinks he's crazy. They are no more than 20 feet from a snowman on the back of the sled throwing snowballs at them. Every kid has seen this. He's not the only one who would have no seen this. No cares, though. Like, it's like... Exactly. Like, even I feel in the Santa Claus, where it's, I guess it's Santa, like, you're kind of going to be a bit more forgiving, right? Because all kids... Believe, yeah. That's, that's the point of the movie. It's about believing, and kids believe in Santa, so they're going to believe it's real. But, like, I feel like you're seeing... Like, if I am seeing a real-life snowman tobogganing and throwing things, I'm going to be like... There's a real life, no, like what's going yeah. on here? Like even at eight. Well, 
And the other kids later on, they're like, look at that. Charlie's talking to his snowman again. Mm -hmm. You saw this snowman throwing snowballs. Everybody saw it. Yeah. <laughs> this yep. shouldn't be a surprise. Yep. Uh, after the the, the, the the chasing that I do like, the tobogganing and the snowboarding on sleds, that was kind of cool. Uh, this incredibly dangerous five-minute long sequence. The climax is Charlie's dangling five feet above the ground on a branch. No, no, Dad, I'm going to fall. It's okay, I'll save you. He is five feet up. <laughs> they just went about a thousand feet down a mountain on sleds, dodging snowballs. And no, no, I'm going to crash. Like no suspense there at all. You could have filmed it differently. It had it higher up. Maybe they didn't want to scare the kids after they just, you know, got thrown down a mountain. I don't know. Um, one line I was hoping you caught it, but I'm guessing you didn't from the, uh, the, the way you just recap that uh, is when Kelly Preston comes in and finds him with the puddle on the floor and all the frozen food out. He's saying he's doing a science experiment. Something about Eskimos. What does he say about Eskimos? Oh, I, I had kids. Well, I had, it is a racist term. It's wrong, Charlie. Let's cancel Jack Frost. Uh, but <laughs> I had like kids, they weren't even screaming. They were just making noise. But every single time this line came up, I was trying to find out what they said. Somebody made a noise. They screeched, they banged something. And I eventually just gave up. You didn't catch it. Uh, no, I was disgusted at the racism. Uh, <laughs> bringing up an Eskimo. Can I just put out? We should cancel Jack's. Probably other films have been cancelled for less. So <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, I'm, I'm going to try and find the transcript for you. Okay, uh, you go for it. Uh, while you're doing going. that, I did like. There are some lines in here I actually really like, and I'm with you. I don't hate. I'm not going to say I like him, but I don't hate Charlie in this. This is two weeks in a row with a child in a kids movie, and I don't hate the kid especially since we're watching all these Hallmark movies and every time there's a kid in there, Jamie's like, Colin, don't say that you wish death upon them. <laughs> like, they're just so bad. But this kid's not bad. And, and even the humor in the scene where he's, whatever that Eskimo line is, after I, that, I found where it. he's, okay, what is it? Okay, uh, just a minute. Mom, honey, why are all the windows open? Please, you got to help me. It's freezing in here. Charlie, what's going on? Science fair project. You're kidding. Why is the floor wet? Well, the science fair project. It's about what it's like to live in an igloo and Eskimos have wet floors, mum, duh. <laughs> Is that all you need? Um, that's that's what I missed. I just, I wanted to know where he was going with the Eskimos. It wasn't something like Eskimos, such disgusting, vile creatures. You just wanted to uh, use racist terminology. Who are you, Noah? Yeah. <laughs> disgusting. And yet the, the, the Edmonton Eskimos football team still exists. Let's cancel them too. Yeah, cancel everything. Start again. Start the world again. Cancel Just the cancel Oz everything. Network. No, they referenced the line that they only heard half of in Jack Frost. Let's cancel the Oz Network. The Oz Network is our only hope in new humanity. We will be the new <laughs> Joe Rogan experience. Number one podcast hey, we... in the world. Yeah, yeah. Can, can we just see if we can piggyback on Joe Rogan's success? Can we just recap an episode of the Joe Rogan experience? Hey, why not? Like and like the look, new after show. <laughs> Colin, I also just want to point out too, in in the world we live in, where we have to be equal, right? Everything like because clearly everything can be equal. We should be paid the same amount as Joe Rogan because, like, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Look, look at female athletes. They want to be paid the same as the male athletes. Like the the WNBA want to be paid the same as the NBA because they do the same thing, right? You know, and it's got nothing to do with revenue or or who watches or the money mm -hmm. coming in at all. So exactly. on that page, we are doing exactly the same thing as Joe Rogan. We demand to be paid the it same is as fair. Joe Rogan. That's fair. It is fair. 
I mean, and I'm sure he said racist things in the past, way worse than what Noah says. Of course he did. And he, he can get a date. Because he gets money. He, he can get many dates. He's Joe Rogan. <laughs> I would date the man. Don't even know what he looks like. <laughs> You've never seen Joe Rogan? I have seen Joe Rogan. He's okay. Okay. I, 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 I wouldn't take a I, second look at him if I walked past him in the street, but, you know. Yeah, I, I he was he made my top 50 TV shows with news radio, so. He's, he's um, got money, so I'd probably yeah, lots of maybe money. take a second look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a moment in this movie I didn't realize I did it. And I'm not saying like I'm like huge into Kelly Preston or whatever, but I think it was a scene where she was getting dressed for bed and it looked like she was taking <laughs> off her shirt. I must have made like some type of noise or like a recognition. And Jamie's in the other room. It's like, what what hot girl did you just see on the TV? I'm like, nobody. And then she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, it's Michael Keaton, Jack Frost. She didn't question it. <laughs> well, well, well in, in that moment, actually, you paid more attention and looked at Kelly Preston more than John Travolta did in what? Exactly. Marriage, yes. <laughs> and yet, should we be concerned that my wife did not question the fact that she thought I was reacting to Michael Keaton? In no way at all, because your wife, your wife is the type of woman who, again, like if you somehow <laughs> cheated, you wouldn't know how to. Yelled, but if you did, she just yelled out, no, Jamie just yelled out, what a man. <laughs> But this is the thing, like, she would forgive you in a heartbeat for cheating because, A, she knows it never happened, and B, she'd probably want to join in. <laughs> uh, especially if it was Michael Keaton. I mean, um, that's that's an excuse for a threesome. That's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, ben, ben and I will have one with Michael Keaton right now. <laughs> absolutely. I would 100%. See, Noah, this is why you can't get a date. Ben and I, we, we don't, we don't judge. We're open. You know, we don't discriminate. <laughs> we're, we're, we're open. This is 2020, right? We're open for business, just like Michael Keaton. <laughs> just, just not with Noah. No threesomes with Noah. Noah wouldn't know what to do. Noah would be like, "Where goes? Where, 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 I put that in where? Why does that go in there? That doesn't seem make sense. Like, just we would have done it five times by the time Noah works out what to do." <laughs> Uh, but but seriously, just in case anybody's listening, no, Ben isn't hard no for me. Uh, Michael Aww, Keaton, hard yes. <laughs> that's, that's my feelings, Colin. Wow, um, I think different. What else do I now. have here? Unless your wife wants me. <laughs> uh, I like the story about the hamster. Did you catch that? Oh, there was a story about a hamster. No, yeah. Oh, well, says, oh, actually, no, I do remember that one. That was how did my hamster die? Heart attack. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a vacuum cleaner. Uh, oh, I thought it was a heart attack. <laughs> well, he had a heart attack when he got sucked up the vacuum hose. <laughs> but again, this, nice. this, is, this is one of those things where you're meant to be like, oh, he's a deadbeat daddy, he was never there, so he doesn't understand. Like, like, play up to it more. Yeah, well, also, this scene is just weird for me because he takes him to a secret thinking space, which, again, I think the storyline of <laughs> this kid... Secret thinking space. <laughs> he's jerking off What are these magazines? Yeah, what are these magazines here? <laughs> he is discovering porn. See, I've had a secret thinking space since I was 12. Um, <laughs> There's Eskimos in all these magazines. <laughs> There's different liquid on the floor. Uh, but it's weird that he takes them here and he says, oh, yeah, maybe I should teach you how to do that that special shot, the J shot or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then he says, no, I don't play hockey anymore, Dad. He's like, come on, I'll show you. Just do this and this. All right. All right, I'll do it. And he's wearing skates a second later. So he doesn't play hockey anymore, but he takes skates with him to a secret place where he didn't expect to skate or play hockey. He's into some kinky shit. Well, he's got, they have literal sticks and stones that they're playing with, but he brought his skates. So, okay. Also a problem when he he goes back on the team because he convinces him to go back on the team here. 
And when Henry Rollins, I do like the Henry Rollins when they're picking him up and they're saying, he's talking to a snowman. Hey, nobody say snowman, okay? <laughs> uh, but uh, when when they go, he goes and joins the team again, he walks into the car holding his skates and his hockey stick, shows up and is wearing whose jersey, whose pads, whose helmet. He didn't bring it with him. And who got cut to make way for him? Yeah, like- I know. <laughs> I, I made a note of that. And I'm like, you know what? Ben won't even pick up on this. Some other kid lost their spot so he could come back. Yeah, and they've obviously improved if they can take on the devils a little bit better. Like, he's not just one kid that can basically do this, right? Like, I mean, yeah, poor, some poor kid has well, like gotten the opportunity of a lifetime to play for the whatever team this is. And then he's been cut because little old Charlie Selfish prick rocks up. <laughs> I want to play again right now. Who is he? Like, who yeah, is like, this kid? This is, there's a, s- a small town. There is no way Medford is not a small town. When I lived in the metropolis of LaSalle, Manitoba, <laughs> we had Can you a t-shirt of that. <laughs> please get the metropolis of LaSalle. Um, <laughs> straight LaSalle out of PD. LaSalle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, whatever team they had, baseball team, soccer team, there were two teams. Because you every once in a while you'd play one of the neighboring metropolis cities, uh, but for the most part you just play the other team in town. So they'd split the kids up. All right, your team A and your team B. There were two soccer teams. There are only two teams in this town. I guarantee there's not more than two teams. Like, oh, we lost the Devils again. They're only playing the Devils. True, it's the only team that exists. True story though. If they if they win, they actually then go to play on the next. Uh, team above them in terms of quality in their tier, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> uh, or the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. But, um, but not 1998. Not, uh, not in 98, no. <laughs> I, I saw an yeah. Avs game when I was in Denver, and that's uh, when they were shit. Um, it was the last game of the year. I got like, I was in like five seats back from uh, the boards. Like I was basically the closest I've ever been. And they played the Columbus Blue Jackets, the team that I always forget exists. Oh. I think they got spanked, but like there was maybe like, I don't even know if there were 10,000 people at that game, but that was a year they were terrible. But I got to see, that was when uh, Ginla played for him. So I got to see Iggy play for the second mm. time. So I was happy, but uh, nobody at the Pepsi Center was that night. I, um, I've i seen the Leafs play four years in a row. Uh, three of them here in Winnipeg and one time we traveled to Minneapolis to see the Leafs. Uh, but I've never been able to see the Avalanche and because they were my other team growing up, uh, I was really excited last year when my work was giving away some hockey tickets and they basically said, Hey, you know what? We're giving you these tickets. Which game do you want? And the avalanche were in there. I'm like, well, take it to the avalanche. Uh, NHL was canceled right before the avalanche game. So Bugger. I'd like to actually, and I'd be, I'd, I'd love to find out from you as well. Cause I don't, I'm sure you might've been to more NHL games than I have. I don't know, but I would like to calculate which teams I have seen. Uh, more than me. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I'll have to work that out because that would be interesting. But um, I've I've seen, I think, all Canadian teams except for Winnipeg and Ottawa. Oh, and Edmonton. I haven't seen Edmonton. So three. You know, I've the only the Canadian, the only Canadian team I've seen uh, are the Jets and the Leafs playing each other. Mm. Uh, every time I go to a game, it's always a different team. Um, well, when you come here, Colin, uh, hopefully hockey will be up again and we can go and bag out the, the Panthers. Oh, you meant the Canucks. I meant the Panthers. Why would I want them? Oh, all those Panthers. I <laughs> you worked for like, them. You leave. Oh, sorry. You, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> you, you're no longer employed. <laughs> well, wait longer and we can also go see the Kraken as well. It's kind of yeah. the same distance. I'm kind of in the middle of both. So, yeah. Um, 
So Charlie rejoins the team. Uh, Jack Frost is melting, but he's apparently the only thing in town that melts on this daytime high of 70, which I don't know what, what's that got to be like 20 degrees Celsius. Uh, what is it? Minus 30 divided by two. Yeah. 20. Yep. Yeah. So we're, we're at plus 20 and they're saying, Oh, the snowmen are all going to be melting today. We check back on this town several times before nightfall. Nothing has melted. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Jack Frost is the only thing that melts. Um, I, I like the payoff with the kid. Uh, one thing I did find funny was the the thing with Mark Addy, because again, another thing that I actually uh, experienced growing up, you know, when my dad died, maybe it's just a mom thing where they worry that their sons need therapy, but she's like, oh, you know, I'm worried about him. I think he's going crazy. And she gets Mark Addy to talk to him. And he even says that mom thinks I'm crazy. I remember I was doing nothing different. And my mom sent me like a therapist and I had to go to a therapist and they would analyze everything is, why don't you draw a picture of your family? And I draw a picture. It's like, all right, why did you choose this color? I'm like, I, and I would make stuff up. I'm like, yellow because they're out in the sun a lot. And the sun is yellow. <laughs> like, I didn't know what else to say. But yeah, this must be a mom thing. You, you, your parent dies and you must be going that, crazy. <laughs> that just reminds me of um, Billy Madison when he's like, he draws that duck and he's like, I did a blue duck because I wanted to see a blue duck. I had no other reason besides doing a blue yeah. duck. I realize ducks aren't blue, but I wanted to see one anyway. <laughs> Uh, I, I really like Mark Addy in this movie. Like if there's anybody I think steals the movie, it's Mark Addy. Uh, his awkward conversation, like when Kelly Preston goes to him and says, uh, you know how I said I didn't want you to have any man-to-man talks with Charlie? Okay, well, I need you to have one with him now. And then later on after he talks to him and uh, she shows up, she says, Charlie's run away with a snowman. He's like, ha, 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 ha. She's like, no, for real. He's like, oh. <laughs> so then when they're talking to the policeman, that, the policeman scene was genuinely funny. Like, can you describe the snowman to me? He goes, three balls two sticks for arms like what do you want from me it's like give me a description five eight um stocky figure well built <laughs> and then it's like, uh white and it's like oh so caucasian okay <laughs> that was actually a really good scene um yeah nothing else to the movie he shows up and, and really the only other thing that, that kind of bothers me about the end because i do think it's a nice movie very hallmark like especially with the uh, the thing earlier i didn't even mention they always have to do something on Christmas. Oh no, but that's Christmas. Well, you know what? I'm going to give it up give it so I can spend time with my family or whatever. Uh, but the very hallmarky ending where he says, you know, no matter where I am, you play this and I will come back. How does he know that? They haven't oh, explained wait, in this movie. I, I didn't even, I didn't even, what? He says it at the end of the movie, but nothing in the movie has said you will come back to life or that this harmonical work i'll hear you no matter what he's probably just gonna melt into oblivion and never hear from him again like that's what he said he, charlie's gonna be going around playing the harmonica he promises him here again he will continue to hear him he doesn't know that he still doesn't know how he's brought to and life what happens he, to his spirit in the meantime is he just in some weird purgatory until christmas rolls around and he's clothed when he when he transforms when the snowman all of a sudden disintegrates shouldn't he be wearing just a scarf mm, he's yep. fully clothed he's dong and not even with what yeah, and it's, it's not even what he's wearing when he's dying because there's no jacket on. Um, and plus, the, the, the harmonica thing really bothers me. He said, play this harmonica and I'll hear you and I'll come back no matter what. Now, maybe he's just saying that to be nice, but there is no moment in this movie where Jack Frost is told the harmonica brought you back to life. Mm. He looks at the button and says, oh, it's because my name's Jack Frost. Shouldn't he all of a sudden be like pinning the button on him? Just pin this button on any block of snow and I'll come back, Charlie. Like. Put my there hat is no on. logic. Put the scarf <laughs> put, on. 
put this on my hose. Uh, woo, uh, wow. I don't want to know what you, Jamie says to you. She should be saying that to me. Uh, yeah, it's just a weird ending to the movie. Also, that it ends on such a sad song. The same song from Twister, if you recognize that. Yeah, I actually, I, as soon as it started playing, I'm like, that, I like, I, I, was like, I know this song, I know this song. Like, this is that Twister song, I think, when they're at, um, at the drive-thru. No, was it at Manso? Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, maybe yep. it was the drive-thru, yeah. It's one of them. I thought it, it was at the, somewhere I thought it was when, like, they go to get the coffee and kind of, like, they're looking at each other. Maybe these aren't, mate. It's, yeah, it's like in Twister, before people. the last minute. Yeah, we covered this movie. You can tell. We covered it was it our like third movie we ever did, wasn't it? Our second movie we ever did. Second or third, yeah. Yeah. Uh Bill Paxton. Oh, rip. Anyways, yeah, we literally Jack had Frost. a moment of silence there for Bill Paxton. Good job. <laughs> exactly. Really weird ending. It just ends on such a sad note. Like I, I, this movie is bipolar. It thinks that it's this heartfelt movie, which I think it would work well as if they really committed to that. But it also thinks it's a goofy comedy, which they also don't really commit to. And get it? Bipolar because it's snow. Polar. <laughs> <laughs> That's up there with my full Monty joke. Um, I'm just quickly looking here on IMDb. They've got pictures from the premiere, uh, to which they're not, I don't think, see any with Michael Keaton, Kelly Preston. I've got a lovely picture here of uh, Laura Dern and Billy Bob Thur- Thornton at an event for Jack Frost. Good for them. Uh, oh. And lots of pictures of Hanson performing. So, um, And you know what? That snowman actually looks more like Billy Bob Thornton than George Clooney as I look at it. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, Christmas movies that I don't think are that great, Bad Santa, not that great. Also, Lauren, Lauren Graham's in that too. Maybe <laughs> Not that great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this movie was, I think, pretty well hated at the time as well. Um, it didn't get a lot of great reviews. 19% on Rotten Tomatoes said, Sentimental schmaltz and uninspired storytelling sink this film. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it one out of four stars saying it's possible for the Jim Henson folks in industrial light magic to put their heads together and come up with the most repulsive single creature in the history of special effects. <laughs> and I am not forgetting the Chucky doll or the desert intestine from star Wars. Um, so yes, Ben Falk of empire magazine gave it three out of five saying, despite an astoundingly dodgy looking central character, poor Michael Keaton, uh, this is a children's <laughs> flick that doesn't apologize for being so and environment, blah, blah, blah. Um, box office. Actually, one thing can I say? We, we go to the box office. This movie cost in the vicinity of forty to eighty-five million dollars to make. I saw more Oof. reports of it being eighty-five million dollars to make. Where did they spend that money? Like, like, <laughs> I, like I don't get snow it. banks. Yeah, maybe snow was expensive in nineteen ninety-eight. I don't know. Um, it went on to only make uh a thirty-four million dollars at the box office. So it didn't even make its budget back. It was a, it was a bit of a bomb. Um, it's opening weekend. It came in third. The big movie that week that was uh, released, Star Trek Insurrection, made twenty. Oh, love that movie. Million Bugs Life in its uh, fourth week was at eleven million. This made seven million on its opening weekend. Interestingly enough, Shakespeare in Love also opened this weekend. Uh, only sixteenth. It only made two hundred twenty-four thousand dollars at the box office that weekend. So, um, Shakespeare in Love not a big box office draw card, was it? Just more of a Oscar darling or well it ended up making a hundred million it's just it took a while to like the Oscar Uh, season kicked in cool there's a connection to Shakespeare in Love next isn't Ben Affleck in Shakespeare in Love next week yeah yep okay I wasn't making that up cool I've never seen it um but you know um plot keywords not much snowman wish fulfillment month yeah 
English, Denver, Colorado, mate. Okay, well, we're going to say that nothing's filmed there or, <laughs> yeah. you know, The Shining, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Where the Millers and Wedding Crashes. Okay, cool. Um, anthropo- anthropomorphic Snowman Month. Sounds very thrilling. Frozen, Frozen <laughs> 2, Jack Frost and Frosty the Snowman. Oh. Yeah, this is really ice, ice hockey month. Okay. Uh, number one is not the Mighty Ducks. It's Fargo. Number two is not the Mighty Ducks. It's Happy Gilmore. <laughs> number three is not the Mighty Ducks. It's Inside Out. And number four is not the Mighty Ducks. It's Manchester by the Sea. I'm scrolling through this list. Mighty Ducks are a miracle. A, well, champions, as we call it in Australia, Mighty Ducks is number nine on this list. Um, D2, the Mighty Ducks is number 15. Bruce, or, oh yeah, Bruce Almighty, they have the uh, the Buffalo Sabres storyline in that, so I guess that's there. Uh, Miracle is 19. Slapshot is 20. D3, the Mighty Ducks is 21. Where's Sudden Death on this? <laughs> oh. We, we should do an Lethal Weapon month. 3? Yeah. Little Man Mystery one Alaska. Scene. I love that movie. 36. Um, Sudden Death is 42 on this list. <laughs> Have you seen Sudden What's Death? What's 43? 40. Is that Van Damme? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Damme. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. Uh, Powers Booth. I love that man. What a, <laughs> what a name. Powers oh, Booth. Oh, what a president. Yeah, I know. Might hear more about him coming soon. Um, user reviews. I've got the one star ones up. Uh, I've, I've got one. It's not one star. It's, it's in the middle, but this is such a great review. I got to read go this. Go for it. Uh, Lee B wrote in May of 2000. Sorry, everyone, but I like this movie. I even cried at the end. My kids freaked out when Snowman started to talk and move. One of them got scared by a guy in a teddy bear suit when she was about three, and she hasn't gotten over it yet. Two years later, they had loved the start of the movie with the snowball fight and building the first snowman. But as soon as the second snowman came to life, we had to turn the video off. I couldn't believe in Kelly Preston as the mother of an 11-year-old boy, but in spite of that, the casting was great. And Michael Keaton with blonde hair is such a hunk. Give it a go. Uh, was that Jamie Hilding you said wrote that <laughs> one? Um, I've got a one-star review here from uh, Martin Haffer. Um, letting your child watch this is akin to child abuse. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you see he dies, and then he comes back as a snowman. Get it? Uh, who butchered this film? Absolutely ridiculous. Why? Right down there with Mac and me. Uh, <laughs> oh, little too harsh. So, yeah, I, I can't be bothered going over any of those other ones. Um, yeah, I'm binning this. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm not going to bin it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rent it. It's not worthy of a buy because I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this every year. Um, <laughs> there's obvious problems with the movie, which I acknowledge from the beginning. But there's something about it I enjoy. And um, it's got a good amount of Michael Keaton in it. And he should do more. More of us or more movies? <laughs> more of everybody. <laughs> so I guess in our rankings, uh, you binned The Grinch from memory and I rented yeah. it. You rented this and I binned it. So I guess our one and two are quite obvious this week, then, aren't they? Oh, we're going to have to agree on the next two. Yeah. Oh, surviving <laughs> Christmas. Come on. Um, I've never seen it. That's my history with it. I know it's got Ben Affleck in it. Doesn't it have um James Gandolfini in it too? 
Yeah, I think it's got quite a few people. Um, this was, I think, a movie that was delayed for quite a while. And it was probably at the worst point when we did Jiggly. Uh, but it was a, this is the worst point of Ben Affleck's career. Like, he was nothing. And this got a theatrical release, which was, like, considered shocking. I mean, th- this movie probably was delayed just because, oh, we don't want to release this because of Ben Affleck, which apparently just reading up is the case. Uh, but I have seen um, 10 minutes of this movie before. And I was not impressed, um, but I'm interested to see if it could potentially be as bad as everybody says. I legitimately always get this lumped into a, a, an entire collection of Christmas movies that I legitimately think are the same. Um, like I, yeah, I like I thought this Christmas with the Cranks. Um, there's a Four Matthew Christmas. Broderick. Is Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito did a movie together? That's Deck the Halls. Yeah, Deck the Halls. Uh, Four Christmas. There was um, another Vince Vaughn one that he did. Um, oh, Fred Claus. Yeah, that, like legitimately, they just seem to be this whole series of two thousands Christmas movies mm-hmm. that all just got lumped into the same thing. Um, yeah, didn't Tim Allen do another Christmas movie? He did. Well, it's not really a Christmas movie. It's called El Camino Christmas. It's it's a very dark crime movie that just happens to take place on Christmas Day. I think it's fun because you can kind of imagine it in an alternate universe as what would happen if Scott Calvin took and kept the escape clause and then just his light went down the toilet. So if you watch it as your own fan version of the Santa Claus four, it's kind of fun. One thing I'd like to do, if we do like a horror movie Christmas next year, we should do that saving Christmas, Kurt, whatever his name is movie. Apparently that's like one of the worst movies. ever. The Christmas Kurt Russell one Christmas Chronicles when he did that movie. Oh, the Kurt Cameron's that that I think that's just a documentary though. Isn't it? No, no. Like he legitimately did like, it's called like saving Christmas where basically, cause he's like a complete religious, like person nut job. Now he basically did a movie where it's all like, we're sick of Christmas, not being about Christ. So we're going to make it back. Um, and it got like all the Razzies like two years ago or something like that. Um, yeah, it was like a big, 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 it's got a great poster though. (laughs) <laughs> what is it like him flying or something like that or punching the cameras in it or something? He's, no? He seems to be flying towards the camera holding a candy cane as a weapon. And isn't it like the tagline putting Christ back into Christmas or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, we'll see about that next year. But next week, yeah, Surviving Christmas. I like Ben Affleck. We talked about that earlier this year. Christine Applegate as well. Don't think we've done anything with her in it before. I like Christine Applegate. Um, and that's all I can see here or I've heard of. So... Uh, I've heard of Catherine O'Hara. She'll probably click somewhere. Uh, yeah, you will recognize her. <laughs> I'm glad. Especially in regards to Christmas, I'm guessing. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm alone. Silly, silly Ben. Um, silly sausage. Um, have we not done Home Alone? I know. I, I thought about doing all the Home Alone movies, even though, Isn't I mean, like the second's 80? okay. <laughs> well, there's five now. There's two made-for-TV ones that are total garbage. But even the third one, like the second one's okay. Don't say the third, the third one's good. I, I don't mind it. It's just oh. not a Christmas movie. It doesn't even take – it takes place like, I don't know, well, school's still in on one day in the middle of the day. It's a kid home sick from school by himself for one day. I remember day, watching and it's like the third one. Like it was just – I think I rented it like one – I was like one way. I, I actually – I have always said, and I will stand by this, I like um, – Home Alone 2 better than Home Alone 1. I've always liked it. Because so, I think I saw it first. Like, I think as a kid, because it was in New York, right? And I love New York. So, like, mm. I would watch that to death. And then all of a sudden, my dad was like, oh, have you seen the first one? I'm like, no. Um, so, I think I was kind of like that with Die Hard 2. I'd watched Die Hard 2 a lot more than Die Hard 1. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Next week, Surviving Christmas. Yay. It keeps getting better. 
Um, in the meantime, we've got another Christmas episode. Is it out at the moment, Colin? It came out a couple days ago, didn't it? It certainly did. Um, <laughs> Whether or not Rocky was on it, we don't know. <laughs> what an episode. It was the Lego Star Wars holiday, holiday Christmas special. special. Now, when it comes to things that we love talking about, it's holiday Christmas specials from the minds of Star Wars. And <laughs> this one has Lego in it. So, yeah. Yes. Um, and some about- nice cameos from Star Wars holiday special characters in days past. We're about to record this as the time of speaking, so we actually haven't done it yet. Um, and I don't think Colin and I know. And we're talking to, uh, about Rocky being on the episode. Wasn't he great considering I think he's no-showed? Cool. We'll, we'll just do it anyway. All right. We'll listen to that. Listen to everything else. Uh, we've got a best of coming soon, very shortly, of course, where we're a couple of weeks away from the end of the year. And uh, I believe that after um, next week, we will also right, have uh, two episodes next week, won't we? Because it'll be Christmas week yeah. next week, of course. So, so really we'll actually... a couple of days before surviving Christmas and then a week till Elf. And we'll talk a little bit about Elf. Um, so we'll have surviving Christmas and Elf basically back to back. So um Get on board. Ride that pony. Woo. Wonder Woman 84, probably also very shortly around the corner for us oh, yeah. to cover as well in a review, uh, which I'm looking forward to. I, I, I realize how much I'm actually looking forward to Wonder Woman 84. So, um, yeah. Cool. Been a while since there was a real movie. Yes, indeed. Uh, sadly, we're not going to be able to see the cinemas because everything's been closed down still. So, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Ben. I cannot laugh. My name is Ben and Ballsack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my name is Colin and eat snow, you little wiener. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time